0: This is the troll, troll Patrol, live, with Justin
1: Freakin'. Smacking the microphone and everything like I'm, I'm some amateur that doesn't know how to do this shit with my giant ass lighter I've got. It's been a weird fucking day already, so why not make it weirder by doing the Troll Patrol in the middle of the fucking afternoon? Welcome to the Troll Patrol live, it's a Monday, Monday afternoon, it's 420 motherfuckers, at least where I'm sitting, so... I need to stir that shit up. God damn it. This is the show that was supposed to happen last night. Looks like there's a ghost in my bedroom or something. I'm still probably in don't give a fuck mode. Usually when I come on early, it's because there's some groundbreaking news or there's a press conference or some shit. No, no nine eleven happened. Don't worry. Unless you consider Facebook going down to be a 9-11, some people might. I don't. I do find it odd that this happened, you know, less than 24 hours after a whistleblower came forward. I think it was on CBS last night. We're gonna watch that interview. A whistleblower accusing Facebook of all the shit that we already knew they were doing, profiting off of hate speech and misinformation. By the end of the show, you're gonna see some hopping goats. So you know that's gonna be fun. Apparently, Chank Uger wants to fight Joe Rogan. Now, in an intellectual battle of the minds, I'm probably gonna take Chank Uger. However, I, I would advise Chank not to try to get into an MMA contest with Joe Rogan. <laughs> There's been an oil spill in Orange County. Cleanup has begun. Apparently it could be a major ecological disaster on par with several of the Gulf oil spills that we've had. man in the army in California was attacked by a dude with a sword. Apparently he was part of some special operations unit. I can't wait to read that story. Oh, oh, oh! A dude forgot to hide his bag of meth before he tried to sell something on Facebook Marketplace. Bet he wishes that Facebook outage had happened that day instead of today, right? (laughs) Ha 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 ha! Alaska started rationing care. Good afternoon! My friend, the candle maker has shown up. Plug for rainy morning candles. Keeps my place smelling nice. I need to re-up my order. I actually asked you uh, a few months back. I was like, hey, it's about time for me to to get some new smelly shit. And you said you were working on something you wanted me to sample, and you never messaged me back. But it could have just been like, hey, I'm not on the Facebook because... You know, they ban me, or like today, there's a Facebook outage. The right-wingers are really hardcore on these fuck Joe Biden chants at stadiums. Apparently, Aaron Lewis led a fuck Joe Biden chant at a concert. The smattering of people chanting fuck Joe Biden really gets the dicks hard of the people in right-wing media. I did mention there is a Facebook outage today. Uh, Some of my shit might not work, because it might be uh, a Facebook video, but we will go and find the video if we don't have access to the Facebook. I don't know how long it's been down. It was down when I got up this morning, or this afternoon, whatever you want to call it. I didn't even realize it was down because I was scrolling through my feed and it was it was there but then i like i get down so far i'm like everything is from like 12 hours ago what the fuck is going on this is not an updated facebook feed and it's, it's all the products, apparently. It's Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, all the Facebook umbrella shit. Now, when I got on to do the stream, I actually had a message that said Twitter was affected. As far as I know, that's not true. I was on Twitter. Not on Twitter. They don't let me on Twitter, but I was looking through Twitter trying to get an idea of what was going on with Facebook, and apparently it was a DNS attack. And <laughs> the internal text are having a hard time communicating with each other because they don't have Facebook! Stupid fucking people. But let's start off today. Not tonight, like I usually say. With the Pandora Papers, something I was very excited to talk about last night. This is the... Third installment of the trilogy we start off with the Panama Papers and the Paradise Papers. I might have that backwards. it might have been the Paradise Papers first. The Pandora Papers is the largest investigation in journalism history and exposes a shadow financial system that benefits the world's most rich and powerful.
2: Let's get the lowdown on it. Here's it is a little really Panama papers on steroids Intro the Pandora papers. Because we think we're opening a box on a lot of things. We're looking at about 12 million documents from...
1: Fucking nobody's going to care. That's the problem here in the U.S. You say Paradise Papers or Panama Papers. People don't know what the fuck you're talking about. And especially now, and it's important to contrast this before we go into the discussions about the budget. When we're talking about, like the rich paying their fair share. A lot of people were like, look, like the rich pay almost the majority of taxes. No, look up. These papers, look at how they are evading taxes, you motherfuckers. They pay a fraction of their wealth. And, and, and that's that's been the big right-wing talking point, that the rich pay the majority of the taxes, which is true. But they should. They're the ones who have the money. They're also, if, if, if they are the business owners, they're also the ones making use of our infrastructure and using it disproportionately. I don't have as much an effect on our electrical grid as fucking 3M down the road from me. They use... And abuse far more of our electrical grid than I do. Therefore, they should pay higher taxes to do so.
2: It... it only makes sense. Different service providers. These are law firms and firms that set up secret offshore accounts for people in multiple jurisdictions. The British Virgin Islands, Belize, Samoa. These documents for the very... And apparently South fucking Dakota! South Dakota! First time is actually showing the US as a tax haven itself. Oh, he beat me, or I beat him to it. We're talking about some of the most famous people in the world that are in these documents presidents, prime ministers, government ministers, the king of Jordan, a number of very high profile Russian clients, people that are very close to Vladimir Putin we're seeing them buying real estate, we're seeing them trading in shares, using offshore companies. They're buying houses, cars, artworks. I guess it mostly demonstrates that the people that could end the secrecy of offshore, could end what's going on, are themselves. Benefiting from it. There's no incentive for them to end it. We're not looking at a couple of million dollars here, we're looking at trillions of dollars. The financial centers of the world like the US, Europe. Not
1: high enough for this shit. Funnel
2: and siphon money away and hide it in these jurisdictions through the use of anonymous companies. These are not just like politicians and powerful people. We're talking about rock stars, including a lot of celebrities.
1: Wait, 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 wait. Shakira was involved in this? I haven't really looked into this yet. Shakira? Was hiding money offshore? What the fuck? Not
2: Shakira! These are not just, like, politicians and powerful people. They're talking about rock stars, including a lot of celebrities. And people be- I didn't know
1: who the other two people were. No fucking clue. I knew Shakira though. Los Angeles found
3: 78-year-old Robert Durst guilty of first-degree murder.
4: L'arresto a Marbella del sulladitante Raffaele Amato, boss della camorra scissionista.
5: La famiglia Rosenthal accusata in Stati Uniti per lavaggio di attività legato al narcotráfico. The ability to hide money has a direct impact on your life. It affects
2: your child's access to education, access to health access to a home we're looking at a system here that is harming people it's harming the world and it's important that people know about it
1: it's not just harming the world it's killing the goddamn planet this it's not just that they're fucking getting away with all this is that they are actively destroying life on earth So if you want to read into this, it is ICIJ.org International Consortium of Investigative Journalists And you can get into the details This just broke yesterday, or they just published it all yesterday If you know about the process behind the Panama and the Paradise Papers They have to do it in secret! Because multiple people associated with the publishing of those papers have been killed. They have to take great caution in publishing these documents. I'm sure more will come out over the coming days about all the fucking bullshit they have been pulling on us. Speaking of bullshit, here's Joe fucking Biden. This afternoon he was asked about the debt ceiling.
6: Senator Mitch McConnell says he has sent a letter to you explaining his view. Have you seen that letter? Have you communicated with
1: him? You can go read the letter. It has leaked out. And basically Mitch McConnell is daring Joe Biden to end the filibuster. And he's, he's saying, go it alone. You will not get any Republican support. There is no negotiation. You will not get a single vote. You are going to have to deal with it. And the reason why McConnell is doing that is because if we actually do hit the debt ceiling, McConnell is going to blame it all on Joe Biden. He's like, I told him he's going to have to go it alone. They had plenty of time to work at three because even the letter says, you have three months to see this coming. We've stated our position. So it's all posturing going into this. I can't believe that Biden is actually saying we might actually hit the debt ceiling. I can't believe that the Democrats aren't actually going to have the balls to do away with the filibuster and get this shit done. And
3: and how dire do you believe this is if action doesn't take place in the next few
7: days? First of all, I did get a letter. I got it 10 minutes before I walked in here. I've read it. I uh, plan on talking to Mitch about it. He and I have uh, been down this road once before, back when I was vice president, and I hope we can have... He
1: he even says that in the letter. When you were vice president, we were negotiating. It was like it was the shoe was on the other fucking foot. And the Republicans uh, raised the debt ceiling. We did it alone, without the Democrats. That's what he said. Tell us an
7: honest conversation about what he's...
1: I believe there was a shutdown that time, though. I think the easiest way to do this. I I'm getting confused because like this isn't something that happened fucking 2 decades ago. I mean there were there was a shutdown during the Clinton administration. But like this wasn't a thing that politicians held hostage, but it's they the fucking Republicans have done it ever since Obama. They have held the debt ceiling hostage multiple times now. I get them confused. It seems like we come up on a government shutdown every couple of years. I'm going to so not
7: use the filibuster would be to let us vote on what is already in the Senate right now, passed by the House, to raise the debt limit. And we could do that in the next several
8: days. I just want to be very clear.
5: Can you guarantee
8: that the US will not reach the debt ceiling, that that will not happen?
5: No,
7: I can't. That's up to Mitch McConnell.
8: Mitch McConnell's
1: saying it's up to you. will not pay That is... I can't believe
7: that that will be the end result because the consequence is so dire. I don't believe
1: that. But can I guarantee it? If I could... By I- the way... Um- I saw a report that an economist that pays close attention to China is raising the alarm that we are in for like the worst financial crash and that it is likely to happen in the next couple of weeks. That The Chinese real estate market is going to completely fall apart and it's taking the U.S. down with it. Yes, Evergrade. That is the name of the uh, company or consortium or whatever the fuck. Warlords on the hot train for it happening now. I hey, many millennials believe that the next economy crash is the way they're going to be able to buy a house. It's possible. I've I've even told my friend who has started saving to buy a house, you need to wait for the next crash. I but it could be two or three years, and he's like, hey, you know, my 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 kid's like eleven now. It's two or three years gonna to be too late understand that maybe 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 we'll get lucky and the economy crashes like next week i find it odd that facebook is down through all that. especially after the night after a whistleblower came down hard on the facebook We're going to get to that here in just a little bit. But first, Bernie fucking Sanders.
9: Budget chairman in the Senate, Bernie Sanders. Senator Sanders, thank you for joining us. The the bottom line, where do things stand now?
10: Well, I think we're going to make real progress. And I think, Jonathan, we're going to do what the American people want us to do. And the American people are very clear. They want to substantially lower the cost of prescription drugs. They want to expand home health care so that people are not forced out of their homes. you got to get senators to listen to what the
1: fucking people want, though, you know, instead of just letting them go into a bathroom stall and flush the toilet. Kirsten Sinema.
10: Into nursing homes. They want to expand Medicare so that elderly people can have dental care, can have hearing aids, can have eyeglasses. They want us to address the existential threat of climate change. I don't and think- that
1: that is the saddest fucking part, is I'm sure that my ninety something year old grandfather that watches nothing but fucking Fox News, who's on Medicare, who could use the dental vision and hearing coverage, especially hearing, has been convinced by Fox News that Bernie Sanders is a crazy communist and that this bill is a socialist takeover.
10: They are sick and tired of the rich getting richer and not paying their fair share of taxes. And they want this reconciliation bill. Pandora Papers. By doing away with the loopholes that the wealthy and large corporations enjoy. So we have the American people very, very... Want to know what loopholes? Look up the Pandora Papers that we just talked about. Very strongly on our side. We've got the president of the United States on our side, We've got 96% member- of the members of the Democratic caucus in the House on our side. We got all but two senators at this point and the Democratic caucus on our side. We're going to win this thing. We're going to pass a strong infrastructure bill to rebuild our crumbling infrastructure and we're going to pass a reconciliation bill.
9: Or right, I want to get to one of those two senators that is not with you right now, Senator Cinema, as we heard Rachel Scott refer to, put out a lengthy statement overnight uh, about the failure of the House to vote on that infrastructure bill. She said, in part, "The failure of the U.S. House." You know what? Let's go ahead and jump ahead
1: here on my list of shit that we're going to talk about. Let's uh, let's watch this video of Kirsten Cinema. I believe this was yesterday. It might have been Saturday. Oh fuck, it's a Facebook video. Good sure, Justin. I'm sure I can find it on the Twitters. hmm So a protester followed Cinema into a bathroom. While she was at the college she was teaching at over the weekend. That's why she left town. She had a oh, class to teach. we want
10: to talk to
11: you real quick. Want talk to you real quick? Hi, actually,
1: I am heading out. a donor meeting to uh, attend.
11: Right now is a
10: real moment that our people need in order for us to be able to talk about what's really happening. We need a Build Back Better plan right now.
5: We, we're not going We need solutions the Build Back Better plan. Need has the solutions that we need. We knocked on doors for you to get you elected. And just how we got you elected, we can get you out of office if you don't support what you promised us.
1: We need seven
12: million citizenship for seven million. We need the bell that, that right now.
5: My name is Blanca. I was brought here to the United States when I was three years old. And in 2010, my grandparents both got deported because of SC1070. And I'm here because I definitely believe that we need a pathway to citizenship. My grandfather passed away two weeks ago, and I was not able to go to Mexico. And they-
1: Because that was Cinema trying to get away from them. That's why we're in a bathroom. She was trying to get away from the people. Her constituents, who helped her get elected... As they were telling her what they were demanding of their senator,
5: visit him because there is no pathway to citizenship, and if we have the opportunity to pass it right now, then we need to do it because there's millions of undocumented people just like me who share the same story. Or- Sorry, Warlord, we're 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 not like the UK, <laughs> where like
1: you get to just badger the prime minister with questions every week, and yell and fucking cuss at him. It would be nice if we were.
5: Or even worse things that happened to them because of SB 1070. We got
1: to follow senators into the fucking bathroom around here.
5: And this is the opportunity to pass it right now and we need you to, we need to hold you accountable to what you told us, what you promised us that you were going to pass when we knocked on doors for you. It's not right. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor of
1: I feel sorry for the other people who were in the bathroom. I do, I do not feel sorry for cinema. I need you
11: to stand by workers, lots of people who are like me became
1: homeless. And- so that was what cinema was doing over the weekend after she left
9: town. To hold a vote on Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act is inexcusable and deeply disappointing for communities across our country. To- oh, hey, hey, you can pass that bill easily. All you have to do is join every
1: other fucking Democrat. And vote for the reconciliation bill. You want this bill passed? That's how this shit works.
9: It's millions of good-paying jobs, safer roads, cleaner water, more reliable electricity, and better broadband only hurts everyday families. She- how
1: dare she? Senator
9: and other progressives of pulling off what she calls an ineffective stunt and holding that infrastructure bill hostage. Uh, to the larger social infrastructure. How
1: did they, like, listen to the framing of this. There was an agreement. There was an agreement to vote on both bills, and now she said, "Oh, now they're holding it hostage." No,
10: you are reneging on the agreement that you made. Your response? Well, I think Senator Sinema is is wrong. Absolutely. Day one, Jonathan, it has been clear. President of the United States has said it. Speaker of the House Pelosi has made it clear. Our majority leader in the Senate, Schumer, has made it clear. Both of these bills are going forward in tandem. Going forward- look, in tandem. You
1: need rotting? Fucking uh, Chucky Schumer made it clear. Nancy Pelosi made it clear.
10: Joe Biden made it clear. Did you not just hear what the man said? To pass them both. I voted for the infrastructure bill. It is an important bill. I'm a former mayor. I know how much we've got to address our crumbling infrastructure and creation. Good Lord, yes. But I also know that elderly people in this country... If,
1: if you've not heard me say it before, there are over
10: 40,000
1: 40, bridges in this country rated as structurally deficient. 40,000. Chances are you have driven over one in the last week.
10: Cannot chew their food because they don't have teeth in their mouth. I know that the American people are sick and tired of paying ten times more for prescription drugs than the people of Canada and in other countries. I know that there are young people out there who would love the opportunity to get a higher education but can't afford community college. We're going to make two years of community college tuition free. And I also know that the scientists are telling us that if we do not act boldly, boldly, cutting carbon emissions, that the planet will leave in No, no, no,
1: Bernie, that's not far. That's not far enough. What the science is telling us is not cut carbon
10: emissions. it's completely get off of carbon. Not cut.: will be increasingly uninhabitable. And let me also say this, Jonathan. We are not just taking on or dealing with Senator's Mansion or Senator Cinema. We're taking on the entire ruling class of this country. Right now, the drug... cinema and mansion are just the proxies for them. Insurance companies, the fossil fuel industry are spending hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars to prevent us from doing what the American people want. And this really is a test of whether or not American democracy can work. The Republican Party...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. We fail that test every time.
10: But I hope very much and I expect... That the Democratic caucus and the President, and I know he will, stand firm and tell the drug companies, stop ripping us off. Well, tell the insurance companies that the American people need elderly people need dental care, hearing aids, and eyeglasses. People need home health care. Our young people need so the me, quality child care that they deserve. So let me ask you about, about where the President
9: is, is on this. As I understand it, he has now floated RB two trillion dollars on the, dollar the dollar account Twitch. Account on uh, is YouTube not working? No, YouTube's working. Frames here. Remember, you initially wanted closer to six trillion dollars. Are you comfortable with the idea? We
10: of- don't mind if I do. Two trillion dollars? No, i Well, first of all, I'm, I'm not sure that that's accurate. As you know, there's a lot of gossip that goes on. What the president has said is that
1: apparently the progressives have made overtures that they are willing to cut down from the three point five price tag.
10: There's going to have to be some give and take. And I think that that's right. I think, if anything, Jonathan, when we especially talk about the crisis of climate change and the need to transform our energy system away from fossil fuel, the six trillion dollars that I originally proposed was probably too little. Three and a half trillion should be a minimum. But I accept that there's going to have to be give and take. But at the end of the day, the real. But, OK, OK, so give and now, take, but 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 not two trillion
9: dollars. That's not enough. Because the president no, also said no, no. That, that, that a smaller investment could create historic achievements. But you, you, $2 trillion is not enough. What
1: Here's the thing that I'm looking at is that this is the absolute first spending bill that we've had in this country since about like 2009. What was the, the American Recovery Act? That was the last time we actually invested, and most of that was giveaways to corporations. So it really is now or never, at least the way it looks in our politics, that we may not get another shot at this for a fucking decade. For a fucking decade. Yes, the amount that they are debating spending in this bill right now, we spend on the military in just a couple of years. And this is spending over 10 years.
10: saying is that what we are trying to do is is for the working families of this country, for the children, for the elderly. We're trying to pass the most consequential piece of legislation since the Great Depression. And he's right. You know, so. That's true. It's just been such a fucking low bar. We have not invested in this country. And the American people are going to have to stand up. You know what bothers me about this whole thing? Poll after poll shows... What we are doing is exactly what the American people want. It's not what the big money interest wants, not what the lobbyists wants. It's what the American people want, and we got to do it.
9: Now, Senator Manchin's the the other senator in the middle of this. He's been consistent. We actually had him on this program. Well, let's, let's talk about Senator Manchin.
1: He was on his fucking houseboat, yacht, whatever the fuck you want to call it, in D.C., which is where he stays, took questions from protesters that kayaked up to his fucking yacht. From West
6: Virginia? We yes, West we have a
13: lot of West Virginians.
1: This is on Friday, I believe it was.
13: But gang, we're working hard. We really are. We're going to continue to in good faith. I really we want to get a
1: good. I know you are not operating in good faith. You piece of shit. We've heard the calls between you and ExxonMobil lobbyists. Yet, yeah, working hard, he says, from his fucking yacht. As I said, this was like midday on Friday.
13: Balance bill. It's well done. And I know it won't be enough for some. It'll be too much for others. In West Virginia, you know, West Virginia is a little bit different than usually. be.
4: There's a lot of poverty. What are you gonna do for the we'll poor working, in West Virginia? We're,
13: we're gonna be working everything we can to create good opportunities.
4: And we need to tax the rich.
13: Well, I agree with that. I definitely agree. That's do
1: you? What we should
13: be doing is fixing the tax codes. So everybody pays their fair share. We should be also negotiating. Yeah, I don't
1: think I don't think you are more than a mediocre white man, sir, and there is no reason for you to be standing on a fucking yacht. So we need to fix the tax code to where idiots like yourself don't get rewarded with lavish fucking boats because you're willing to do the bidding of fucking uh, coal companies.
11: We should be doing
13: all I agree with you one thousand percent. We're on the same page, gang. We really are.
11: Oh.
0: The the
1: Just think about how many people, dental, vision, and hearing on Medicare, that would help in West Virginia. But his his first response is to say, well, we can't even pay for Medicare the way it is right now, and we're talking about expanding it. Hey, gang, we really
6: are. Well, if we have.
13: here. Let me just explain on that one. We will get to that eventually, but right now we can't even take care of it. It's going to go broke in 2026. Let us fix and repair that problem. Oh,
14: that's not true. Tax the rich. We're taxing the rich.
13: I agree. We're going to make the rich and the famous pay. Well, how much
6: is so it? They can cover the You so can cover the I mean, cents. So, when you think about it, you know, we just passed budget, a
3: Pentagon
1: budget of $788 billion.
13: Trillion dollars, and we're talking think, how much do
1: you think that we that, that's, the, that's the same point?
13: Basically,
0: non defense, not just as much
13: Clearly, just not as much. enough. Do you know we pay? Let me just Trust give you all this. But I'm just saying, we can afford it. Let me just tell you, let me give you one little bit of information. Okay,
14: so. Wait, uh, I got one little bit of information that's for that's you. That's the Republicans are likely to take over. The Senate. We don't. Popular, this is like this is our one chance but you're not gonna right deliver. now.
1: To- It'll be another decade. It, it literally will.
14: If you don't pass this, we're gonna. Yeah, they're to they're not gonna sale. pass things like this if, for the people. Of course
1: not. We,
14: we, we, we can't wait.
1: wait. I can't believe he actually came out and took their questions. I can't believe he just didn't go back in. But I think the optics were worse that he goes out there and talks to them.
9: From his yacht. Program back in July. Uh, and, and let me let me play you what he said about his top line number back then. What's your bottom line? The question is, this is over a trillion dollars. The bottom line.
13: Bernie Sanders wants six yeah, more trillion. Here's what, the, what, what, what are you how far are you yeah, willing to go? I want to make sure we pay for it. I do not want to add more debt on. So if that's one Oh weird, weird.
1: The three point five trillion dollar bill is paid for. That's why you see a lot of Republicans mocking it right now. They're doing it on Fox News, like, oh it's free, everything's free. No. No, it's not free, it's paid for. One of the ways they're paying for it is by taxing cryptocurrency transactions and raising capital gains taxes on Wall Street transactions.
13: or one and a half or two trillion, whatever that comes out to be over a 10 year period, that's what I would be voting for.
9: Over 10 years. I mean Basic math tells me if you have cinema and you have Manchin both willing, unwilling oh, no, to no, go no, above no. that. If
10: you'll just listen, yeah. Jonathan, if you just listen to what Manchin said, he said he wants it to be paid for. He's right, I want it to be paid for. And in fact, that is exactly what we are going to do. And if it's three and a half trillion dollars, we can't pay for it because as everybody knows, you got some of the wealthiest people in this country who, in a given year, don't pay a penny in federal income tax. Large corporations don't pay a nickel in federal income tax. So if Manchin wants to pay for it, I'm there. Let's do it. And by the way, you could pay for it at $3.5 You could pay for it at it's $6 trillion. Trillion. We have massive income and wealth inequality in this country. But, we but, have but, but, but as system. you know, we can do that. I mean, and,
1: and, and the response from the right-wingers is always going to be inflation. Motherfuckers, do you know what causes inflation? There is a finite amount of money. When rich people take too much money from the pot, the Fed has to print more money to keep the economy going. That causes inflation. Do you know how you prevent inflation? You tax the fucking rich. You take their fucking money from them. They're going to say this is the politics of envy. That's bullshit. That's an emotive argument. It is for the health of our economy that we tax rich people and redistribute that money back into the economy. Letting them pull all that money, a fucking trillion dollars from one person. I don't Is he still a trillionaire or is set to be a trillionaire? Whatever the fuck. Bezos, maybe he wasted too much money on his dick rocket. Apparently, they're sending Shatner up into space now on some tourist fucking thing. And I knew it. I knew that was always what it was going to be. It was going to be a fucking money-making venture to fucking shoot people into the fucking lower orbit of the atmosphere. Fuck off. It's an amusement park ride.
9: There's no there's no scientific benefit to it whatsoever. Fuck that shit. I mean, as you know, what he's saying is the only taxes he's willing to go to would, would give you at most two trillion dollars. We also heard. Oh, you see, then that's uh, seemed... in. I mean, that's that, that, that's where he is. And, and, and Terry McAuliffe, who of course is on the ballot running in Virginia, is saying that three point five trillion is simply too big. It's going to hurt Democrats. And he What th- the fuck
10: is he? Uh, who cares what Terry McAuliffe, McAuliffe, McAuliffe. thinks? I, I wish running for governor of Virginia. McAuliffe, the best of luck. I hope he becomes. The governor of Virginia again. But let, let him focus on Virginia issues. Some of us have got to deal with the national issues. And what I am telling you, ask the American people whether or not we should have Medicare negotiations. You ma- you make a very good point, Adam. Ask whether or not we should expand home health care, whether we should make commun- I'm a fuddy
1: duddy. I'm against amusement porks.
10: <laughs> whether or not we should deal with climate. And when we do all of those things, by the way, we create millions of good paying jobs. What we are fighting for is precisely what the American people want, and that's what we've got to do. Okay, we're, we're just about out of time.
9: Bottom line, if Manchin and Sinema don't come up, don't do uh, what, what, what you are suggesting. What they're going Democrats to. Democrats Almost all of the other Democrats want. Does that mean we get nothing?
10: No infrastructure? Yes. No, nothing. No. at the end of the day, at the end of the day...
1: They're going to come around, they're going to do the right thing. We're going
10: to have a strong infrastructure bill, and we're going to have a great consequential reconciliation bill which addresses the needs of the American people.
9: All right, Senator Sanders, thank you for joining us. Bernie
1: has been confident. That's what I've been saying this whole time. I'm, I'm following Bernie's lead. He's confident it's going to pass. Let's hear from the House side. Representative Pramila Jayapal. She was on CNN State of the Union. I believe this was yesterday. I want to talk about negotiations. This is Some she is the down. head of the House Progressive Caucus. Oh yeah, yeah. I've got video of the oil spill. We're going to talk about that's that's could be uh, one of the biggest spills since the the Gulf spill about a decade ago.
11: Are floating a two point one trillion dollar package a lot smaller than what you are currently at, $3.5 trillion. Are you open to $2.1 trillion?
15: Well, what we've said from the beginning is it's never been about the price tag. It's about what we want to deliver. The price tag comes out of that. So uh, we understand that we, uh, you know, the 3.5 we thought was negotiated already is clearly yeah. not negotiated. We understand we have to get 50 senators on board and we have to keep well, everyone-
1: it, it was negotiated, and we've so just we had to back, back to out.
15: What is the way that we can get all of the critical programs that we had identified, those things I talked to you about, child care, paid leave, Yeah, climate. and I'm going to get
11: to that in a yeah. second. Yeah,
15: how do we get all of those things in, but, you know, and it, but perhaps for a shorter period of time, and uh, be able to get then to the number from that? The critical thing is, let's get our priorities in, and then we'll figure
11: out what it actually and, costs. And I understand that, but there is a lot of focus, and a lot of the negotiating is on that top-line number is is for example is 2 trillion 2.1 trillion your absolute floor
15: we're not thinking about the number and the president said this to us too he said don't start with the number start with what oh, you Oh
1: please don't insult her that like that
15: and then let's come to the number from there so that's how we're thinking about it
11: and that makes sense but you uh, you have been looking at this for a long time. You have been <laughs> looking at the, uh, the policies and what it adds up to and how you can do it. I mean, this is what your focus has been yeah. almost solely. Yeah. So you, I'm sure have looked at whether or not you can do what you want to do
15: for $2 trillion. Well, we don't know what the number is yet. There's no, there's no number on the table yet that is everyone has agreed to. It's not like what, they've come to us think? and said, I don't feel the need to give a number because I gave my number. It was 35 so, if you're in a negotiation, you need to have a counteroffer before you bid against yourself. So, if we're not looking at numbers, what about
11: 1.5? Like what Senator? Well, Mankin that's wants. not going
15: to happen. But so,
0: why won't we- <laughs> it add up to that?
15: Because that's of- too small to get our priorities in. So, it's going to be somewhere, you know, between 1.5 and 3.5. And I think the White House is working on that right now, because remember, what we want to deliver is childcare, paid leave, climate change.
11: And I want to get to that, but I just so one point five is too small, but you won't say if two trillion is too small.
15: Because I don't I don't have a definite number yet. I mean, I don't have a counteroffer. It would be like buying a house, Dana, and going in to make an offer. And then somebody says, well, what's the lowest number you would take? Why would I do that?
1: Yeah, I might have uh, I might have screwed myself out of five grand on a job. I should have asked for more. <laughs> yeah, I've got a weird week this week. I, I might have to make some decisions on what kind of hair time my troll emote uses. Um, the which, the the emote is actually the old troll. The the new troll has pink hair. The old troll had purple hair. When I re when I redid all of my branding shit for the four twenty episode, I changed the troll because I didn't have I didn't have a high def version of the old troll. The uh, the president, yeah, that troll. He has purple hair. Neutral has pink hair. President Biden said the majority of Americans support the Build Back Better agenda. and He's correct on that. The polling actually shows the overwhelming majority of Americans support it, which is weird that you see such a narrative in the media that Biden is unpopular. There's an awful lot
7: that's in both of these drills that everybody thinks they know.
1: Oh, God, he's pulling a Trump, and he's doing this outside of a fucking helicopter.
7: But they don't know what's in it. When you go out and we test each of the individual elements in the bill,
0: everyone is for this, Not everyone. Over 70% of the American people are for them.
1: Can't even fucking hear what he's saying. Trump used to do that in order to cover up his incompetence and then he can claim "Oh, you misheard him he didn't actually say that NASCAR fans chant fuck Joe Biden during Talladega winner's interview what the fuck first of all like I don't even know what's going on here this shit looks like he's been photoshopped into a picture of Talladega and is not actually there on the racetrack I see the reporter covered well and said they were chanting, let's go, Brandon. But I mean, honestly, it's just like a fucking handful of people chanting, fuck Joe Biden, but you will see it amplified all over right-wing media. Here is Aaron Lewis of Stained. Stained. Apparently he leads the crowd in a "fuck Joe Biden" chant.
10: Fuck Joe Biden, coming from Scranton, Pennsylvania. Fuck Joe Biden, coming from Scranton, Pennsylvania.
16: <laughs> Come on, coordinate that shit.
1: That's funny. I feel sorry for anyone who paid money to see Aaron Lewis in concert. I have twice seen Aaron Lewis in concert and he sucks. And you want to talk about a victim mentality and poor me fucking listen to a stained album. But this is the problem. While Bernie and Pramila, Pramila Jayapal are talking about numbers and policy. The right is focused on oh, look how many people are chanting fuck Joe Biden. And that's one of the reasons why like I hate making it about personalities. Anytime I I talk with a right winger They're always wanting, like, oh, we'll defend the the head of BLM buying a mansion. No! Let's talk about racist policies instead. I don't want to get into your fucking war over personalities. I want to talk about actual policy. That's why uh, the last right-wing troll we had in here, that was uh, Thursday night? And they came in and they were they were trying to get me riled up about something. And I'm like, I, I don't even remember how I broke it down. I'm like, I want you to understand that the... Because we were talking about the budget. That the budget is popular with the American people. It is in your best interest to make sure that the will of the American people is heard. We need to be more democratic. So why wouldn't you be helping me pass this bill? motherfucker left they don't want to talk about policy they want to talk about bullshit they think they can scare people with critical race theory and talking about tyranny and it's like it's amazing to me we almost had the republican party install a fucking dictator they wanted to install trump as a dictator back in january just fucking 9 months ago and they have the fucking nerve to talk about tyranny when it comes to mask mandates hold on i got to i got to let smokey in But just the, the contrast between left and right media is insane, and this is Katie Halper.
17: Posts have earned the ire of progressives this week after their
1: on with uh, Ryan Graham on the Hill talking about the corporate media trying to smash the progressives. I just read I just read an op ed in the I think it was the Washington Post talking about how the progressives are going to torpedo the Biden agenda. No fucking cinema. And Manchin are going to torpedo the Biden agenda. It's not the progressives. Fuck off. Coverage
17: of ongoing reconciliation talks appeared to be less than balanced, with critics accusing legacy media of failing to be transparent in their coverage of corporate Dem holdouts, including Joe Manchin and Kirsten Cinema. Let's take a look at some, at some of that coverage.
11: If it's so terrible and, and have a lot of people. Um, playing clips of Janet Yellen uh, on television over and over again about the perils of this risk, but they know how this ends, and so they're doing their own performance. Uh, they also know how the infrastructure fight ends, which is that they've never had the math to do what Bernie Sanders wants to do, and in the end, Joe Manchin and Kirsten Sinema will prevail.
18: The uh, I, I I understand the
1: and and that's you're listening to MSNBC right now. Which is supposedly the far left? Which I have to correct anybody anytime they say MSNBC is the left. MSNBC is selling advertising; they're corporatist as fuck. They are not the left. Anything that sells advertising can't possibly be left.
18: G on trying to make sure you figure out how to keep uh, some of these centrists on board with reconciliation, but this does feel like the living. Example of cutting off your nose to spite your face. Why is tanking that bill tomorrow the right way to get reconciliation done? Uh,
16: Look, I think uh, the real question is, what part of an agreement have people forgotten? When we were first advancing the bipartisan part one of the two-part infrastructure package, it was clear. It was clear to to, to members of the Senate, uh, in the House, and to the President that we were on a dual track. The first piece, whatever we could negotiate uh, on a bipartisan basis, we would support. But it was with the understanding that in the budget reconciliation package part, two of infrastructure, we would go even bigger and bolder on so many things that are urgently needed across the country.
10: Senator Manchin and Senator Sinema, the two centrist Democrats. They're not centrist. This is Senator Manchin last night. Man, holding one hostage over the other is not fair and not right. It's not good for the country. Everyone is not going to get what they want. Senator Manchin says, "Pass the infrastructure bill. Uh, show the American people Washington can work. Let the president." But, 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 the infrastructure bill is what Joe Manchin
1: and his backers want. It's everything they want. What the fuck is he talking
10: about? and then we'll go into a room and negotiate. You don't trust him, do you? You don't trust him that you'll get the. No.
18: If you pass the first one solo. Yeah, in fact, it's just the opposite of what he's saying. One person is holding the rest of us hostage, right? Uh, and he needs to say uh, what he's for. And once he does, we can finalize the details on this bill. But, you know, we really kind of need that cooperatively. Maybe if there were a few less cameras over on the Senate side that have more time to actually get the work done that they need to do. And I think that's what we need to get done. But I am confident no one wants to go back to Arizona or West Virginia and tell your constituents that they don't have a tax cut for 40 million Americans in place for years. Up
16: here-
1: not. She'll just walk into the fucking bathroom stall and flush. She's more than happy to go back to Arizona and tell her constituents to
18: fuck off. To come because they couldn't tell you what they were for. No one wants to say that they killed child care, affordable child care in their districts because right. they couldn't come and put together a deal. We're going to get this done. When it happens is to me all procedure.
17: Here to discuss is host of the Katie Halper Show and co-host of the Useful Idiots podcast, Katie Halper. Welcome, Katie.
19: Hi, thanks for having me.
17: So it, it's so strange to see, and, and
1: those... those. Oh, did they bring Emily back? I thought they had a different blonde. Cable for the last we don't six, have all day.
17: Several, several weeks. <laughs> it's so strange to see progressives, it's just sounding rational, saying very normal, obvious things, and these cable co-hosts, just being unable to comprehend it what 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 is being lost in translation here?
19: Well, I don't know if it's lost in translation so much as uh what happens when you are serving the role of uh, kind of megaphone for corporate Dems, which we see literally in the last clip that we saw, right? John King is just quoting Joe Manchin taking what he says for granted as as kind of um in good faith, uh sincere. Not politically motivated, not self-interested. Yeah, how,
1: like, just, isn't it journalistic malpractice to quote Joe Manchin and assume he's saying it in good faith and not play the clip of the ExxonMobil lobbyist talking about how they had Joe Manchin in their, in their back pocket?
19: Acting as the spokespeople for these Democrats. So I think it's really cynical, and of course, as um, Pocan pointed out, why are they the ones... The progressive Democrats. Why are they the ones who are portrayed as the hostage holders? When, if anything, as Pogan points out, it's Mansion and Cinema who are holding everyone else hostage with their refusal to even give a number in the case of Mansion. Uh, and you just see how much the media enables these Democrats. And uh,
1: apparently, Cinema and Mansion have both had to, multiple meetings with nice, Biden and so will not man. tell him what uh, they actually want.
19: Favorite, us being people who want to call this out, but I don't think they do the country a favor because they're basically making it easier and providing cover for corporate Democrats to screw over the American people.
14: And a good example of that, what Katie, you're you're describing is exactly when John King was putting words in Joe Manchin's mouth trying to sort of justify and endorse I guess tacitly his position when he said, show Washington works. Show that Washington works. And Washington working from the perspective of corporate journalists is often Washington working um, in favor of the establishment. Washington
1: has worked incredibly well for the people paying them for the last 40, 50 fucking years
14: establishment bias do you think that's the dynamic we're seeing play out now
19: i mean i think yes i think there's an establishment bias there's a corporate bias there's a donor bias there's a rubbing shoulders with powerful people bias um and i think that it's just a question also of framing the establishment i don't,
1: i fucking i know mitch mcconnell i've met him a couple of different, different times,
19: times. Is when corporate uh, media figures and of course politicians but we kind of expect that more didn't
1: impress me when
19: you have uh, people in the media pretending that their own ideological commitments are actually just calling strikes and balls yes. or balls and strikes you neutral. know like yeah they're neutral and they're they're just describing as opposed to actually passing judgment they're pretending that what they're saying has to be the way it is because it has to be the way it is, not because they want it to be the way that is. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Hey, we, I wish I had Katie's here.
14: Just last night, say, oh, we, we just, we never, you know, say something that's not factually true. We just call it as it is, unlike the uh, other networks, right. unlike conservative <laughs> media. It's like, the, I think Katie's right. The biggest problem is this fake pretense of neutrality, that your narrative is the narrative, that this is an apple and this is a banana.
17: And that might work. That yeah. might work if they had a reasonable understanding of what the world looks like, but there's, <laughs> there's a real rip Van Winkle thing going on with them where they have they've, they've woken up into a world that they don't understand because mm. they do have an establishment bias but guess what the democratic party establishment is aligned with bernie sanders yeah. on this on this question the build back better thing that's joe biden's cheesy slogan this is
1: his facebook back up i'm i'm Somebody is attempting to video call me on Facebook, and it's just a couple
17: of corporate hacks like Josh Gottheimer who are who are getting in the way of it. But that doesn't. Has compl-
1: the Facebook apocalypse ended? Doesn't look like it.
17: <laughs> or with the understanding that the media has of the way Washington works, the way Washington works according to them, Katie's Katie. You know, uh, at at best meaningless, at, mm-hmm. at worst, kind of annoying, right.
19: and marginalized.
1: Are, and and yeah. I, don't, I don't think she's doing anybody impression. Yeah, she she way way marches way to way her way own way. drum. So, Katie, is it just that they don't know how to
17: reckon with this new world in which the, the two the two poles, the, the you know the, the, the progressive wing and the kind of the Tea Party wing, the Freedom Caucus wing, actually have real power in Washington now.
19: Maybe. I mean, it's always a a toss-up. You never exactly know whether it's that they can't do it or they don't want to do it. I don't know how aware they are, um, if they're like going to sleep nervous about this, realizing the world is changing. I mean, we also should remember that Biden could be doing more, right? I mean, there's stuff that could happen behind the scenes, I'm sure, with Manchin.
1: Well, I mean, we don't know what's going on behind the scenes, but I also assume like that was Biden's...
19: Uh, to be that was so his true. whole
1: selling point is I can get shit passed.
19: That I remember that these people are are basically like becoming the poster children for uh, bad centrist corporate Democrats. But but we do have to look at and wonder why there isn't more backdoor uh, negotiations with Biden with uh, Schumer, uh, Pelosi, making sure that this does get passed. It's funny I think they're kind of useful villains, rotating villains it's funny because it, it does recall well, they're paid to be control opposition like
14: ted cruz a wacko bird i think it was okay. in the freedom caucus tea party years um i guess more the tea party years the media suddenly took took the side of establishment
1: Republicans. i apparently messenger works he's able to there he is is facebook back up how the fuck are you calling me Well, I tried to answer because Facebook doesn't work right now, so like I'm wondering how you're actually talking to me. Oh, they they are completely down. Well, I was I was I was just, Well, I was I was answering. Just to you know, get an update on the Facebook status, you know, while I'm 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 on the Twitch and shit. Yeah, yeah. So so I was wondering how you were able to talk to me because you know Facebook has been down. Sa- sa- sounds like he is grinding some weed at the moment. I will I will call you back and smoke some weed with you later. If Facebook works, weed, don't mind if I do.
14: And suddenly they were like pro-establishment Republicans because they love when people that are anti-establishment, when they're, whether they're Republicans or Democrats, are put in their, fa- in their place and right. sort of like depicted as the fringy wacko birds. They right. love that. Um, Katie, well, do, they, do they love that because it's also sort of like drama, the political drama?
19: Yeah, I mean they keep talking about this trust issue. Chuck Todd was talking about it, John King was talking about it like their Facebook is
1: totally down. It's been down all day. Oh, it's back. Maybe. There we go. Okay, I was wrong. Maybe it just come back up just recently. Would you look at that shit? Nobody's posted shit for like seven hours on here. I'm assuming it has just come back and still having some issues.
19: Acting like marriage counselors or something for the Democrats and trying to help the corporate Dems and progressive Dems build trust and understand each other as if that's what it's about. And again, as if it's dysfunctional or something for progressive Dems to be skeptical of of centrist Dems. And I think that, you know, the nice thing is that it, it's nice to actually see progressives act like the more equivalent. I mean, they barely are. But, you know, one of the problems is that we don't have a tea party on the left, and this is perhaps becoming a little...
1: I'm so glad my noise gate was able to block out my headphones, because, like, you guys would have realized how deaf I was. Because I could hear what she was saying all the way over to the fridge.
19: A little bit, like we're seeing for the first time, Dems actually... Um, even even feigning playing hardball, uh, which is something we're not used to seeing. But, uh, yeah. Boy, it, howdy,
1: I'm not used to seeing it. It's really
19: amazing how much the corporate media just acts as cheerleaders for the corporate Democrats. And I'm hoping that people are seeing it now. But the, the very scary thing about media bias is that it's hard to notice, right? Mm. Because, like, no one's going to say, hey, I'm doing this and I'm misrepresenting it, when the people who are doing it are the ones presenting, allegedly, presenting reality it's very hard for people watching to get that that reality that they're showing isn't the reality out there i thought pocan
14: yeah. did a good job in the the Johnny he did yeah. do a really good yeah.
19: job yeah pocan did a good job yeah, I thought
1: all the clips they played at the yeah. progressives just make, making basic did a good job of like like pushing Bernie back Sanders yet,
17: yesterday said look it's true we don't trust them they don't trust us right so therefore we do these two bills together i know that feeling Orby." And and, and just focus on the objective conditions that exist here, Mm -hmm. and therefore, if we yoke each other to ourselves, you you need us to pass your bipartisan bill. We need you to pass our reconciliation bill. Do it together, and then then nobody has to think about their feelings.
19: Yeah, yeah. And what about the feelings of all the people who need childcare and all these things that are in the reconciliation bill? I mean, let's—if we want to.
1: But I will say, you know, what a difference a fucking year makes. You know, we're we're having a discussion about whether we're going to spend a trillion or three trillion on climate change and childcare and shit instead of just worrying about the fucking health of democracy whether we're going to survive the next month with Trump as president October, October 4th oh my god Or we're like a fucking year exactly from when Trump got COVID aren't we The, first, the the memory of the first debate popped up on my facebook page the other day like two or 3 days ago and he got covid right around the time of the second debate was supposed to happen I'm i am still expecting him to not get a booster and we're 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 back on <laughs> Trump dies of COVID watch. Motherfuckers out here doing all these rallies, shaking hands with all these unvaccinated people. I think he gets it again. But I'd say he's also lying and he got a booster shot. So this is a Wall Street Journal opinion. I I, I talked about this earlier. Crazy Bernie will bring America to its knees before he passes on. This is what the... I don't know if that's the actual columnist from the Wall Street Journal, but they're sharing out the Wall Street Journal story. I like how Bernie's pack here shared that back out and said, How weak can a country be if providing dental care to senior citizens will destroy it? Because honestly, this rhetoric is just fucking stupid. We played the clip of cinema in the bathroom earlier. We got a little out of order just because it, it, it felt right to play the clips of Mansion and Cinema while we were talking about it during the Bernie interview. But here is Jin Sake today responding to the bathroom incident with Cinema. And I hate this because, once again, we're not, we're not talking about the actual policy with Jin Sake here. We've got to talk about the optics... And how it looks to chase somebody into a restroom. I
16: agree with Dr. Fauci that it's too soon to tell if people are going to be able to gather for Christmas.
11: Well, the president relies on CDC guidelines, uh, and they have not changed their guidelines. You but
1: probably shouldn't. Keep it small.
11: Vaccinated, uh, but we leave it to them if they need to change their guidelines based on... And
1: I, as somebody who doesn't really do big family Christmases, I don't get it anyway... I like it being like just me and sparkles on Christmas. That's fun. We're getting high. We're, we might even get a little drunk. We're watching Christmas specials. We cook all kinds of shit. you've been watching The Freak Show, you will know that she is making a goose or foie gras for Christmas this year. I will be making a beef wellington for Thanksgiving. Because we go all the fuck out for holidays. And apparently she wanted to bring her new guy to the freak show this Friday night. I said no. I am used to her uh, only being with a guy for about a week before she completely hates his guts. So I just I don't even learn their names or or learn anything about them. She asked if she could bring her new guy, who she just went on a first date with on Saturday, to the freak show this Friday. And I said, no. If if you are still dating him by Thanksgiving, you can bring him over and he can try out my beef wellington, then I'm going to rock the first time I ever tried to make one. I do not believe I will be plating up any beef wellington for this man. But we'll see.
16: We'll see.
11: The pandemic sets. Thank you. Uh,
16: Following up on something that you just said, you said that the president's going to have a virtual meeting with House progressives to talk about how this Build Back Better package is now going to be smaller than $3.5 Well,
1: it's not my usual time, you know. We're still... Weird afternoon. To this to My buddy usually calls me and gets high after he gets off work. Let's,
11: let's not dumb this down for the American public.
1: And before I do my show, so that's why he was calling me uh, and I was on.
11: Top-line investments are, which are all paid for, so therefore it costs zero. No matter what the cost or size of the top-line investments are, we have ways to pay for it. So the point is that's important to the. Just
1: revenue neutral is what they mean. But hey, Fox News does a good job of playing to stupid people and telling them, oh, they want everything free. They're saying $3.5 trillion is free. dollars
11: I should say. Corporations' highest income to cover the cost of these necessary investments. So just
16: to not dumb it down then, does the plan cost nothing or is the plan free?
11: The plan costs nothing for the American people who
1: Has to be a right wing dumb fuck reporter. I'm gonna assume it's Deucey Son from Fox News. That is almost certainly who is asking Jinzaki this stupid ass question.
11: Than four hundred thousand dollars. If you think that p- that companies that paid zero in taxes last year, uh, fifty of the top companies should continue to pay zero in taxes, we're happy to have that and debate. Then just
16: one more, uh, Jen. Thank you. Uh, a group of activists followed Senator Kirsten Sinema into a ladies' room, screaming about the Build Back Better plan yesterday. The president said today.
1: Whoa, whoa, whoa! Screaming. Scream. You guys watched the video with me just a few minutes ago. Was anybody screaming in that fucking video? I'm screaming now because that is a fucking lie. There was no one screaming in that video. They were reading statements that they had written or talking straight from the heart about issues they cared about. no i don't think you i don't think you're blocked on the twitch chat you shouldn't be i wouldn't block you
16: i, think appropriate tactics, but- I don't block
1: anybody though it's
16: part of the process he is an expert on the and
1: maybe twitch is having issues nobody on twitch has commented in a while
11: let me be clear here because i think the context of what happened here is very important um and Senator Sinema put out a statement this morning. So, as she said, and I would reiterate from here, the protection of the freedom to protest, to speak out, and to criticize is fundamental to our democracy. The president believes that. Maybe he shorthanded it, but he wanted to make that clear this morning. What happened this weekend was that her classroom, her students, uh, and and the safe and intellectually stimulating environment she's worked to create during the years she's t- of teaching at at ASU were, was breached. That's inappropriate and unacceptable. And I think the I don't think so here is important despite the fact that I don't think so at all stand for the president stands for the fundamental right of people to protest to object to criticize
1: I I, I don't think anything was fucking breached because she walked away she walked away from people trying to talk to her I see nothing wrong with what they did they just stood in their in the bathroom and they stated what they came there to state
11: uh, as they often do outside of the gates of the White House. So
16: does the White House condemn these protesters who chased her into the room?
11: I just said it was inappropriate and unacceptable. We'll, I think that we'll pretty much... Not to do that again.
1: No, no, no. Totally appropriate and totally, should, uh, totally uh, uh, acceptable. Reach totally the
11: classroom and make... Totally
1: more... acceptable. That wasn't the only protest over the weekend, though. Hundreds of marches took place nationwide as protesters decry unprecedented attack on reproductive rights. Protesters gathered in support of reproductive rights on Saturday at hundreds of women's marches and protests nationwide. The marches came a month after a Texas law banning abortions after six weeks of pregnancy took effect. In Washington's Rally for Abortion Justice, a crowd of protesters gathered Saturday around a banner proclaiming Bans Off Our Bodies. As Cindy Lauper's girls just want to have fun, blasted from speakers, a baby in a stroller. Nibbled at a sign saying, I can't believe I'm a baby and I have to protest already. And volunteers passed out masks with a I march for abortion access on them. Okay. Teresa Hamlin from Chesapeake, Virginia said, it's unbelievable that we have to be back out here. I did this in the 70s and 60s and now we're back out again. It breaks my heart, but we've, they've kicked the hornet's nest and we're not going back. So I'm going to go ahead and hit the content warning on this because probably going to get some graphic content. Uh, we're going to start, this is from testimony ah, Thursday or Friday. It might've been both days and I might've been taking clips from both days. We're going to start with a right-winger accusing the Democrats of glorifying abortion. And then the next two videos might be a little hard for some people to take. We're going to hear Representative Jayapal and Representative Bush tell their stories. And I went back and forth whether I wanted to actually play this or not. I almost didn't do the, the whole abortion thing anyway, but I thought how privileged of me as a male to, to, to think, oh, it's it's a story I can leave off. It's not a story I can leave off. It is extremely prescient in our politics today. So, first off, we're going to get, I don't even know who the fuck this is. Apparently, they weren't important enough for me to denote them in my notes. It's Kim Kamick or Cat Kamek, Cat Kamek. is a representative from florida kat kamek
3: thank you madam chairwoman good morning and thank you for having me here today on this panel thank you to the ranking member comer appreciate everything that you all do here distinguished members of this committee i am pleased to be with you this morning though I wish my testimony came here under better circumstances. Right now, our country is facing a number of crises that House Democrats have been loath to acknowledge or make progress towards fixing. The crisis in Afghanistan, Americans still stranded, border crisis.
1: The fuck? (laughs) I came here to talk about this, you know, restriction of abortion, which is a an assault on freedom and Liberty in this country, but I'm going to actually take some pot shots at Democrats who've only been in office unified for, what, nine months now? They, they did fix Afghanistan. They got us out.
3: With record crossings and a humanitarian public health disaster unfolding on a daily basis, now we are looking at stripping one of the longest provisions in U.S. history. What? Meanwhile, the majority members of this committee, who have direct oversight over the very issues I just mentioned, have chosen... The Hyde
1: Amendment is the law that stops federal money from being spent so on abortion.
3: this committee should, properly overseeing the very crises that my colleagues and I have been raising alarm bells about
1: for months. Alarm balls. But, like, the Hyde Amendment hasn't really been in effect because Israel uses our federal tax dollars to fund abortion. So... what the fuck i rb that has to be a twitch thing nobody else from twitch has commented
3: aspect of my own story that propels me each there must
1: be something going on
3: in this body as i said last week on the house floor and while defending life dozens of times prior i was not supposed to be here I would not be here had it not been for the very brave choice that my mother made 33 years ago. see, when my mom was pregnant with my sister at age 27, a single mom, she suffered a devastating stroke. It took her a year and a half to learn how to walk again, basic motor skills, and to this day still struggles miraculously she was able to deliver a healthy baby girl and many years later when she was pregnant with me she found through the advice of her doctors that no it was highly unlikely if not impossible for not only her to survive but me as well so you can imagine the fear, the disappointment, the, f- the, the struggle, the internal anguish that my mother felt.
1: Why? Why? I don't get it. I honestly don't get it. A fetus is, is not a human being with emotions that feels pain. It is, it is simply a gathering of cells that you can terminate. And I, I, I don't understand why any mother, I can't put myself in that position, clearly. I'm a male, I got a penis. I don't understand why any mother would put her life on the line to try to deliver a child, especially one like this, come on. grow up to be a representative republican from florida ooh why? why what would be what would be to be gained from this and if her mom died i'm going to i'm going to feel really bad about this i hope she survived i think she said till this day so
3: her child you can imagine the pain that she felt when her own family ...told her that she needed to abort her child.
1: Why? Why Phil Bane? But
3: because of her strength... ...she chose life. That wasn't an easy decision for a single mom.
1: But hey! Hey! You, you said the magic word there. She chose. She had bodily autonomy. She was able to choose. Thank you. I'm glad she had the option to choose.
3: For a working class mom. Someone herself who had had lived a life of disappointments, of struggle, addiction. And yet, despite everything, she chose life. She did something that many of my colleagues. Oh, done.
1: Twitch back now. Have done.
3: Every woman's story is different. Every woman's story is different. And these decisions do not come easy.
1: Yes. Thank you. But
3: I am grateful every single day that there were resources available for my mom, because in that moment she chose life and those resources were available to her. As a single mom. My mom survived. I survived. And I am a living, breathing witness of the power of life and the incredible choice that my own mother made. And Why? i emotional about it. I think this issue everyone gets emotional about. Why? Knowing that you were never supposed to survive. It gives you a new perspective about life. For that and my mother's choice, I am incredibly grateful. There are millions of women out there, like my mom, who made the same decision that she did. With her decision, we were able to go, as the daughter of a single mother, from homeless to the House of Representatives. That is only possible in America, and that is only possible in America that values life. Because we are built on the premise of life... Not
1: true. Not true.
3: Begins ...with life. And I know there's been a lot of talk about justice here today. What about the justice for those unborn?
1: All the little girls. I, like... That's only... But to go from homeless to the House of Representatives. I can, like, go the world over and all of them have, like, poverty stories how they fucking rose up to like fucking Narendra Modi has a fucking story about being a a fucking poverty stricken kid becoming the president of fucking India fuck off lady
3: that never had a shot where was their choice it's because this body is saying that they don't get a choice they don't get a shot at life and that is why we here today as defenders and warriors.
1: No, you're saying that other women shouldn't have the choice that your mom had when faced with complications in a pregnancy that she couldn't undergo a simple medical procedure because you want to place some emotive argument, some, some intrinsical value on the concept of life that I don't agree with, ma'am. And you you can never, you can never change my mind on this. So The only just position when it comes to abortion is is pro-choice. And it's like the time that we we had the the person come in here and they were nice. I felt bad about being, being rude to them. I asked them what issue they were most passionate about and they told me abortion. And I laid it out for them. I, I laid it all out like, okay, you can never change my mind. You guys have probably heard me do it. That you know, you bring a child into this world in less than unwanted circumstances. You know, that's not child abuse. Both of our positions are equally valid. There is no objective right or wrong. It's a morality call. So the only just position is pro choice. And I shut it down. And they wanted to keep going. I'm like, no. I've, I've ended this. The only just position is pro-choice. Do you get me? And they wanted they wanted to make these kind of arguments. Like, oh, life is this. Life, precious, blah, blah. You want to use these fucking words to try to play on me? No. The only just position is pro-choice. And I see women say that men can't have an opinion on abortion. No. Men can have an opinion on abortion as long as it's the right one. Which is, there's none of their fucking business. It's a matter for a woman and their doctor, period. The unborn wants to make sure
3: that every little boy and every little girl has a shot.
1: Being angry and indignant doesn't make your argument any stronger or make you any less wrong. Cat Kamek.
3: To achieve the American dream, that same American dream that has allowed me to be here speaking to you today. Thank you, Madam Chairwoman, for allowing me to share my story, my mother's story, here today. Thank you to all my colleagues and to anyone watching who may one day be faced with this decision. And I pray they choose life.
1: You pray! You pray! What if, what if the doctor had been correct and both you and your mom died? What use would that have been? And we're, talk- we're talking like 40 fucking years ago, right? Because this woman, if you're in Congress, you're about my age at least. So we're talking 40 fucking years ago. Doctors didn't have as good ultrasounds and shit as they do now. I'm sure you're probably leaving it out that the doctor had some, you know, a, a range of possibilities of what could happen. Once again, content warning because this this could get.
8: St. Louis, and I thank you, Chair. Graphic. graphic.
1: This is Representative Cory Bush.
8: It is an honor to join Congresswomen Lee, Jayapal, and Chu as part of. And today. and apparently, you you can see the woman we just
1: heard from, uh, Kat Kamik, the representative for Florida. She's like she's sitting down right now. So this is this is going to take place after.
8: After Cory Bush tells her story. And I also want to thank my sister, Congresswoman Presley, for her leadership in this hearing and to my sisters in service for being here with me today and my brother. In the summer of 1994, I was a young girl, all of 17 years old, and had just graduated high school like so many Black girls during that time, I was obsessed with fashion and gold jewelry and how I physically showed up in the world. But I was also very lost. For all of my life, I had been a straight A student with dreams of attending college and becoming a nurse. But high school early on was difficult for me. I was discriminated against, bullied, and as time passed, My grades slipped and along with it, the dream of attaining a full scholarship to a historically black college. That summer, I was just happy that I passed my classes and that I finished high school. Shortly after graduating, I went on on a church trip to Jackson, Mississippi. I had many friends on that trip and while there, I met a boy, a friend of a friend. He was a little older than I was, about maybe 20 years old. That first day we met, we flirted, we talked on the phone. While on the phone, he asked me, could he come over to my room? I was bunking with a friend and hanging out and said he could stop by. But he didn't show up for a few hours, and by the time he did, it was so late that my friend and I had gone to bed. I answered the door and quietly told him he could come in, imagining that we would talk and laugh like we had done over the phone. But the next thing I knew, he was on top of me, messing with my clothes and not saying anything at all. What is happening? I thought. I didn't know what to do. I I was frozen in shock just laying there as his weight pressed down upon me. When he was done, he got up, he pulled up his pants, and without a word, he left. That was it. I was confused, I was embarrassed, I was ashamed. I asked myself, was it something that I had done? The next morning, I wanted to talk to him. I I just wanted to say something to him, but he refused to talk to me. By the time that trip ended, we still hadn't spoken at all. About a month after the trip, I turned 18. A few weeks later, I realized I had missed my period. I reached out to a friend, and asked the guy from the church trip to contact, contact me. I waited for him to reach out, but he never did. I never heard from him. I, I was 18, I was broke, and I felt so alone. I blamed myself for what had happened to me. But I knew I had options. I had known other girls who had gone to a local clinic to get birth control and some who had gotten abortions. So I looked through the yellow pages and scheduled an appointment. During my first visit, I found out that I was nine weeks nine weeks pregnant. And then there the panic set in. How could I make this pregnancy work? How could I, at eighteen years old and barely scraping by, support a child on my own and, and
1: You and, shouldn't have to. I would have been on my
8: own. I was stressed out knowing that the father wouldn't be involved and that I, I feared my parents would kick me out of the home. The best parents in the world, but I feared, feared they would kick me out. My dad was a proud father and always bragging about his little girl and how he knew I would go straight to college and become attorney general. That was his, his goal for me. So with no scholarship intact and college...
1: Goddamn, girl, you may become attorney I general.
8: ...the thought of disappointing my dad again. I knew it was. A I don't,
1: I don't actually think you're an attorney, though. So I did.
8: My abortion happened on a Saturday. There were a few other people in the clinic room, waiting room, including one other young black girl. I overheard the clinic staff talking about her saying she had ruined her life and that's what they do. They being black girls like us. Before the procedure, I remember going in for counseling and being told that if I move forward with this pregnancy, my baby would be jacked up because the fetus was already malnourished and underweight, being told that if I had this baby, I would wind up on food stamps and welfare. I was being talked to like trash, and it worsened my shame. Afterwards, while in the changing area, I heard some girls, all white, talking about how they were told how bright their futures were, how loved their babies would be if they adopted, and that their options and their opportunities were limitless. In that moment listening to those girls, I felt anguish. I felt like I had failed. I went home, my body ached, and I had this heavy bleeding. I felt so sick. I felt dizzy, nauseous. I felt like something was missing. I felt alone, but I also felt so resolved in my decision. Choosing to have an abortion was the hardest decision I had ever made. I, But at 18 years old, I knew it was the right decision for me. It was freeing, knowing I had options. Even still, it took long for me to feel like me again until most recently when I decided to give this speech. So to all the black women and girls who have had abortions and will have abortions, we have nothing to be ashamed of. We live in a society that has failed to legislate love and justice for us. So we deserve better, we, de- we demand better, we are worthy of better. So that's why I'm here to tell my story. So today I sit before you as that nurse, as that pastor, As that pastor, as that activist, that survivor, that single mom, that congresswoman to testify that in the summer of 1994, I was raped, I became pregnant, and I chose to have an abortion. I yield. And yet,
1: after that, after that, another representative gets up and accuses Democrats of glorifying, glorifying abortion. This is Representative Pramila Jayapal, also telling a very personal story, so content warning.
15: Homer, thank you for inviting me to speak today. I speak to you as one of the one in four women in America who have had an abortion. And for you to understand how I ultimately decided to have an abortion, I have to start early.
1: Frame Facebook sucks. And 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 don't think for a second that all my bands the where I keep getting kicked off Facebook, don't have something to do with the fact that like I manipulate Facebook for my own use, and Facebook is well aware of that because they know they're a fucking data driven company. You're not missing anything. I have I enjoyed Facebook very much back 2011, 2012, 2013. That was like the golden age of Facebook. I had curated my timeline in a fantastic manner. But like as, as of right now like you don't even see the shit that you subscribe to on Facebook anymore. It's all about pushing content that is that is paid. I see so many fucking ads for right wingers who were who are similarly positioned as me because I interact with their content, I call them out and shit. I see a lot of fucking YouTube rock ringers, podcasters, and shit like that. You'll barely see the shit that you actually want to see on Facebook. It sucks. And we're we're going to we're going to lay into Facebook when we do the whistleblower story.
10: Boo, 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 boo. Hold on!
1: Did I not get the whistleblower story, motherfucker? I don't have it. Oh, it hadn't. Ha- this is my show from last night. I needed to add the whistleblower Facebook thing because it was a we're 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 going to do we're going to do the. A uh, woman that was some kind of like data analyst or something, she's come forward, she gave an interview last night on CBS, we will tell you everything you need to know about Facebook. This is Representative Pramila Jayapal telling her story.
15: With the birth of my first child, Janak. Janak was born at 26 and a half weeks while I was on a two-year fellowship living in India. They weighed only one pound, 14 ounces, and upon birth went down to a weight of just 21 ounces. Janak was so small, they fit in the palm of my hand, the size of a medium-sized squash. For three months, we did not know if Janak would live or die. They needed multiple blood transfusions, had to be fed drop by drop, and constantly had their heart stop and start. We returned to the United States after three months. In those early, intensely difficult years, Janak had hydroencephalus, water on the brain, seizures, and repeatedly returned to the emergency room because of life-threatening pneumonia. The fact that Janak is a 25-year-old beautiful human being is a true miracle and the greatest gift in my life. At the same time that Jannick was born, I was also fighting to keep my legal permanent resident status. Married to a U.S. citizen with a U.S. citizen child now. In the end, I was able to return to the United States with Jannick. That's our
1: fucked up immigration system.
15: to To qualify for citizenship. As a new mom taking care of a very sick baby and recovering from major surgery myself, I was struggling. I experienced severe postpartum depression and post-traumatic stress disorder that was only diagnosed after I contemplated suicide and realized I needed to seek help. My marriage did not survive. We split custody of Jenna, and I was a part-time single parent. Shortly after, I met a wonderful man who is my husband today. I knew I was not ready to have another child, so I religiously took my daily contraceptive pill. Despite that, I became pregnant. I consulted
1: Which is totally possible. Told
15: me that any future pregnancy would likely also be high risk to me and the child, similar to what I had gone through with Jennick. I very much wanted to have more children, but I simply could not imagine going through that again. After discussions with my partner, who was completely supportive of whatever choice I made, I decided to have an abortion. Two decades later, I think about those moments on the table in the doctor's office, a doctor who was kind and compassionate and skilled, performing abortions in a state that recognizes a person's constitutional right to make their choices about their reproductive care. For me, terminating my pregnancy was not an easy choice, the most difficult I've made in my life, but it was my choice, and that is what must be preserved
1: for every pregnant person. And even the pro-liver on the panel said choice. Her mom made a choice. Until 2019,
15: I never spoke publicly or privately about my abortion. In fact, I did not even tell my mother about it. Some of it was because as an immigrant from a culture that deeply values children and in an American society that still stigmatizes abortion, suicide, and mental health needs, I felt shame that I never should have felt. Two years ago, I decided to tell my story as a member of Congress because I was so deeply concerned about the abortion ban legislation that was coming out from states across the country. Today, I am testifying before you because I want you to know that there are so many different situations that people face in making these choices. Whether the choice to have an abortion is easy or hard, whether there are traumatic situations or not, none of that should be the issue. It is simply nobody's business what choices we as pregnant people make about our own bodies. And let me be clear, I would never tell people who don't choose to have an abortion that they should do so, nor should they tell me that I shouldn't. Was a constitutionally protected, intensely personal choice. I did not suffer the economic issues that so many poor and black and brown and I just
1: I don't understand why we we are still having this debate. It seems so cut and dry to me.
15: Allow pregnant people to make these choices. And unlike one of my colleagues who is testifying today, I had the privilege of experiencing the world in a post-Roe v. Wade time, where abortion was established as a constitutional right. Because of the cruel Texas abortion ban and the other state abortion bans currently being litigated by those unaffected by the outcome, many people may not have the same choice as I did. That is unacceptable. Abortion bans are not just a political issue They do real harm to people Across the country And in our most vulnerable And they don't
1: prevent abortion either
15: I am so proud today You're useless to be Testifying alongside fellow women of color Members of Congress About the need to protect our right To control our bodies It is time to it, make
1: <clears throat> The thing about the Texas law The $10,000 bounties And like somebody brought it up You know they, There was no exception for rape I don't remember who exactly said it. it was like, well, why aren't they putting the ten thousand dollars bounties on rapists? Like if this is a legitimate legislative action we can do, why not ten thousand dollars bounties on other other things that actually matter? What the fuck is this de- the whole reason is to get around the constitutionality of the law, make it a civil infraction
15: the women's Health Protection Act law. To repeal the Hyde Amendment and to re- remove the stigma. Yeah,
1: fuck the Hyde Amendment. I don't. I don't give a shit about it.
15: Health choices. I thank you for the time and I yield back.
1: But that self-righteous fucking Republican had the nerve to say that Democrats were glorifying abortion. Glorifying. Sounded like they were glorifying freedom to me. I don't know, maybe Representative Rashida Tlaib can sum it up a little better.
15: Thank you for inviting me to speak today. I speak to you as one of the one in four oh. women in America.
1: Hold on. My bad that uh, that is not Representative Rashida Tlaib. Expired. I yield the gentle back. lady from Michigan, Mrs. this Mrs. is Representative Rashida Talib.
6: So much, Chairwoman Maloney, for your courageous stance and also using the House Oversight Committee to take a deeper dive into the impact of what happened in Texas uh, there as well as across the country. You know, I, re- I grew up in the most beautiful blackest city in the country where 85% of the city of Detroit is black, and it's beautiful, and black mothers are the ones who told my mother to raise her voice when she had that heavy immigrant accent at parent meetings. And, you know, I'm sitting here listening to people pretending, disingenuously, honestly, that they actually care about the lives of my black neighbors. I always get emotional about this because I cannot believe that my colleagues, who didn't even vote for the George Floyd Justice for Policing Act, are talking about... The fact that Planned Parenthood, which I believe is literally one of the only healthcare places and institutions like cities like mine, the fact that we have some of the worst infant mortality rates in the country among black children, we can't even get them to one year old. It's like, why aren't we spending the same energy, doctor, in saving those lives, getting them to one year? How come when I was in the Michigan legislature, they spent so much time on this? That they never wanted to talk about that single mother that we needed to make sure that she had the wraparound services that she could actually provide for her family because she made a choice.
1: But it- Because you can't fucking grandstand to evangelicals. That's why. You, politics of fear is far more effective than actually talking about policy. So if you can make evangelicals upset about killing babies, it's a lot easier to call Democrats baby killers than it is to defend your your hyper-capitalist, corporatist policies. They took the path of least resistance, and they, they gin up fear. Fear. It is what the right plays on. And they talk about how everybody else is fucking scared. Oh, you got your mask on. You're scared. No, you motherfuckers are scared of everything. I'm so tired of it.
6: We abandon those mothers every corner. We vilify and dehumanize. I've watched them force mothers to do drug testing. Before they could even get any assistance. When? When are we going to actually call this out for what it is? Now, this is about controlling women in our country, period. Mm -hmm. Stop pretending it's anything but. You know, what's so distressful about all of this is the fact that it's not just Texas, Chairwoman. You know this. This This is literally opening the floodgates. It's like 24
1: fucking states are already debating this shit.
6: See, our country punish and criminalize abortion, criminalize women, making a very difficult decision. I want to know, you know, Dr. Scott, like, honestly, what are you doing about infant mortality rate among black children? Have you testified in a committee about it? Thank, thank you for your question. I'm very interested in the topic. I have applied to be a member of the Texas Um, Maternal Morbidity and Mortality Committee three times. I have not been accepted. Mm -hmm. I suspect it may be because of my stance on life, Mm -hmm. but I am I'm terribly concerned by the lack of support that so many of those women have. Yeah, well, the same people that voted for the bill that you are championing today are people that would actually leave them completely homeless and with no safeguards at all.
10: Yep, yep, yep.
6: Because Black Lives Matter should be very much at the forefront in every policy that we ever do in this country. It can't just be you carrying a sign or being on a commission. It's actually standing up and saying what we see. Because I want to tell you something. You know, over 40% of the deaths of COVID in my state are b- my black neighbors. Even though they make up less than 14% of the total population of Michigan because of environmental racism, because they don't have
1: access to health care. And you're all punishing people. Plant- and because they're more likely to be essential workers and be public-facing.
6: Because people are investing in saying, this is, this is how we can get access health care. And I, and I am really just incredibly frustrated of the gaslighting, the misleading, and trying to say you're speaking on behalf of my black neighbors. You're not. You're not. And so I'm going to leave with Ms. Ross. I saw your face and the pain in your face. And I just have to tell you, you know, as you were listening to them, I could see you had a lot to say, and I'm going to leave you with the last minute to, to tell me how you felt when you heard them talk about, oh, this is, this is killing black folks. Tell them what is really killing, killing black folks in this country. Go ahead and
8: tell them the truth. Well, I'm tired of white saviors saying that black women aren't smart enough to make our own decisions about our lives. That's what I'm tired of. That is the ultimate in racism to accuse us of being less smart, less human, and less caring about our children than you do. When your actions speak louder than your mealy words, because you vote against children having lunches, getting good schools, getting rid of guns so that they can survive. You vote against everything about our children once they're here, and yet you wanna say that you're a better savior of black children than we are? Get over yourself that this white saviorism does not convince us that you have our interest at heart.
6: I hope you heard her because, you know, a mentor of mine told me when I got here.
1: It don't fucking matter. These people can't feel embarrassment. They can't feel shame.
6: Some people are never going to hear or see you the same way I do, Rashida. But I hope you saw Miss Ross and you felt what she's saying because it is the truth. You want to save lives? Start investing in tearing down structural racism in our country.
8: The gentle lady Madam feels Chair, back. The gentle,
2: gentle lady
6: feels back.
15: Uh,
2: the gentleman
6: order. from Texas, uh, excuse me, the gentleman from Kansas, Mr. Uh,
2: Letourner, uh, is, is recognized of order. for Point minutes. of order.
1: Point of order. I did not like what she said calling us racist. I wish that clip went on. I wish we could hear what he actually had to say. You know, it was some bullshit. Speaking of bullshit, Greg Gutfeld. I believe he finished up last week in Nashville. Uh, Leftists are emasculating law and order. Emasculating. We're emasculating law and order. I've got to hear what he has to say. Yeah, you hear the twangy music because he was in Nashville.
18: All right! It's Friday, everyone, and our last show in Nashville. Then, I know, then it's back to New York City. I wish I could express how I feel about that.
1: Cricks, welcome!
18: Please don't let them take you.
1: You just missed Representative Rashida Tlaib. Just tear a woman apart. It was it was amazing, and I mean, you just missed it.
11: Stay
18: a little longer. I'll sleep on your couch.
1: Nashville doesn't want you, dude. They're overflowing. I, of
18: room. I sound like cat arguing with her husband. <laughs> but tonight, we're I d- he is
1: always taking shots at her.
18: Yes, it's Miss Dana Perino.
1: Who? I don't know if I uh, this is a Bush so, press secretary.
18: Really happy she made it here. Here she is arriving in Nashville.
1: Remember, guys, this is a comedy show.
18: <laughs> but with both of us here
1: Was there a sign in the, in the Studio that said nervous laughter here
18: <laughs> oh, They're already in bed he good. Yeah he does Finally shaved <laughs> By the way Perino is Italian for the only person Smaller than Gutfeld <laughs> As you can see, cats here. Hooray! You
1: are a very, very tiny man, Gutfeld.
18: Good to see. uh, Good to see you uh, made it to the uh, to the studio. Given last
1: in stature and intellect. (laughs) Emotional development as well. We'll throw it all in there.
18: You know, uh, she may be clumsy, but her opinions are as clear as the terror in her husband's eyes.
1: <laughs> so before we get to- like, he's always picking on her, and there's always this tinge of misogyny to it.
18: Number one, shocking news from the set of The View: host Anna Navarro and Sonny Hostin tested positive for COVID.
1: Uh, false positives.
18: The view tested positive for Joy Behar. <laughs> it's incurable. They still had to rush Kamala Harris uh, far away from the studio. Oh,
1: are you, are you upset that Joy's actually fucking funny?
18: Yeah. Huh? Ready?
1: Dog. I bet you hate the fucking view. There's real comedians on the view.
18: Laundry. Police consider his help crucial as they believe Laundrie may be hiding inside a mullet.
1: Okay, that was good
18: Good news, a New York Post headline reports McDonald's McRib is McBack The bad news is So is my McDiarrhea I'd just like to point out As he's
1: mocking that headline That publication And his network are owned by the same company
18: According to new research Scientists say three masks Protect you the most Wow, I can't wait to hear the results Of their condom study (laughs) Same principle. Amazon unveiled a new household robot for 999 bucks. Well, I mean... Paying a grand for a robot.
1: I know, as somebody who actually has sex, I, I will tell you that double wrapping is a thing that, you know, people have been doing for years.
18: ...made, I'd better be able to have sex with it. They'll call it the Schwarzenegger. Oh, wow. And... Number seven, U.S. airlines are now considering weight limits for passengers. In other news, Brian Stelter, I hope you like trains. <laughs> and that's Greg's seven jokes. One was funny.
1: Work on your material, you piece of shit. In a screaming
18: hellscape called Manhattan. Did you hear as kids get shot, junkies take over, and the elderly get mugged by gangs of thugs, also known as Democrats? The mayor has redefined policing as customer service.
16: Literally the question from the NYPD to the people they serve, how did we do? Good
18: customer service idea.
1: It's never Yeah, they they to protect and serve. They put it on their vehicles even though it's not actually a thing.
16: Customer service in the context of NYPD, that's revolutionary. <laughs> that's
18: revolutionary. It is. <laughs> I'm still wondering, how did a festering Lincoln log become mayor? <laughs> what is it with Democrat leaders? Once Money. Came, do they take a secret oath to destroy everything? You couldn't ruin a big city faster if you were moth.
1: Was that Trudeau down in the bottom left-hand corner?
18: De Blasio has turned a once great city into a cesspool of chaos, which is a lot like Geraldo's hot. <laughs> what?
1: Whoa, awesome. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was not ready for that picture of Geraldo.
18: And like like Geraldo's hot tub, NYC is filled with half-naked crazy people, and it's prone to flooding. So the police is now customer service. That's great. It's no longer to protect and serve. It's let me help you return that defective garden hose to Home Depot. At least after you get mugged, you can stay on the line and update your car warranty. Meanwhile, the mugger's already been released and onto his next victim while you're on hold listening to Air Supply. So his crime explodes... i community, ...community guides to greet visitors at city police stations. This is because he heard that the police... Were <laughs> ...and dismisses. Dismissive. Well, Mayor, so are the muggers and the rapists.
1: Come on, guys. You, Gutfeld is far funnier with a picture of a shirtless Geraldo over it, right?
18: ...are dead. Thank you, Andrew Cuomo. Gruffness, that's the problem here. Not murder or assault. So now we've turned cops into Walmart greeters. That's the problem with cities run by leftists. They conflate law and order with brutality. So the solution is emasculation. Worse, we're not even calling crime crime anymore. See, this isn't crime. It's reallocations of goods. Oh, look at this. Wow.
10: Insane.
18: Insane, yo.
1: Fucking, why aren't you grabbing some shit, dude? Fuck mm. the man!
18: As a crime reporter. <laughs> but you know, the good news is if- freedom! Freedom! It actually looks like these guys work there and are stocking the shelves.
11: Look
10: at this. Wow. Hey, look at this. Insane.
1: I'm always skeptical of of videos I see like this.
18: Yo, this is the middle of the whole stuff right now. Problem solved. And if we only had the police there to greet them and help them load the stuff into the stolen truck. Yo, Sarge, mind grabbing... What, would you rather them shoot them? Meanwhile, as we excuse the criminals who are the real threats, parents, the National School Boards Association, which represents over 90,000 school officials begged Joe Biden on Wednesday to protect them from angry mobs of parents.
1: That um, fox keeps ginning up! <sighs> upon their kids, saying when you have Tucker Carlson saying that wearing a mask in school is literally child abuse, it's no wonder there are angry mobs at school board meetings.
18: It's the same as a one-eyed monster with a hook for a hand. So they implored Biden to mobilize the FBI in secret service to guard school officials. The sad part is he'll probably listen. The teachers unions realize that the worst thing about COVID is parents realizing how bad the teachers unions are. And now that parents are taking a more active role in protecting their kids from these idiots, they're now considered a threat. But these days anyone who disagrees with these craven, self-righteous sanctimonious aholes can be considered a threat. Remember the so- No
1: motherfucker! No! No! <laughs> We have watched people get assaulted at school board meetings. You're the sanctimonious, self-righteous cocksucker or whatever the fuck you said. And I love, I love that he pulled up this this, this video of the Marine. Uh, he said he does not want Trump supporters' money, that he appreciates the sentiment, but he feels that Trump tore the country apart.
18: He's still in the brig. And how about that U.S. Marine who rescued a baby in Kabul? So
1: that is the last time you will hear Gutfeld mention him. He
18: was invited up onto a stage by Donald Trump last week. I am the guy that uh, pulled the baby over the wall, and it's
9: definitely probably one of the greatest things I've ever done in my entire life. Well,
18: well
1: mad props to the Marine up on that stage, for not becoming political and telling the Trump supporters to go fuck off instead of this asshole... Who gets up on stage with Trump and lets himself be used as a political pawn? No respect.
18: Tyrus went on that juice cleanse.
1: And what kind of mark? Where's their fucking belt?
18: crime—it makes no sense. But maybe on the show. Can lower crime statistics. The jerks. Let's hear
1: tonight. You're a panelist on a comedy show, and you're gonna you're gonna sit there with your NWA what television title. If you
18: disagree, she'll stab you in the face. America's newsroom co-anchor and the five coast, Data Burrito! Yeah nothing wrong with your screen that's just how he looks (laughs) writer and comedian Joe DeVito
1: he's used that line before
18: she's like an armadillo a tough exterior but prone to curling up in a ball Fox News contributor catch (laughs) him. Finally, his watch band is your waistband, my massive sidekick and the NWA World Television Champion, Tyrus. Dana, welcome to Nashville. It wasn't
1: DeVito. I can't remember what the name was.
18: (laughs) Quite uh, quite an exciting uh, experience. You've been arrested numerous times.
1: It might have been DeVito. I don't know. I'm not stoned enough for this.
18: Well, i be greeting more and cuffing
11: less. It'll be great. You know, I was thinking when they said that uh, they were gruff and dismissive. Yes. I mean, I've lived in New York 10 years. I've even become gruff <laughs> yes. and dismissive over that time. No, not
18: really. I'm not. Um, I was thinking, though, this might be good news.
1: I've heard actual New Yorkers tell me that, like, it's the best time ever in New York. They feel incredibly safe and that they missed 30 years ago when it was, actually was the way fucking Fox News describes it.
5: those
18: business owners. That have homeless people sitting outside their shops for
5: years on end. There's this one girl. Mm -hmm. She has been sitting outside the Juice Generation Mm -hmm. for,
18: like, I don't know, eight years. Right. And she's pregnant. Wow. For eight years. She's begging for two.
11: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, so I think that
1: She's been pregnant for eight years.
11: Maybe maybe now the business owners can be helped along.
18: Oh, my God. So maybe you're saying that this could be a good idea and and that I might be wrong.
11: Uh, I didn't see it like that.
18: Why? <laughs> How did you see it?
3: I saw it like they were implying that there's people that would talk to the cops, but worried that they're rude. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes. like there's, I would snitch on my mob boss, but... I heard the cops don't say please and thank you. Yes.
1: <laughs> well, the cops are incredibly rude. So
18: again, it's like that, that liberal thing where they they sniff around the edges of a huge problem and then they say problem is solved by solving something that didn't need solving. I don't want a non-gruff cop, cat. No, I,
1: I. I don't want a cop.
3: It would always be weird and passive-aggressive if you weren't. Yes!
18: (laughs) Wasn't the crime-fighting dog McGruff? Yeah.
9: He didn't smile.
18: No, he didn't smile at all. Why would you when you know you're going to be dead in 14 years?
13: Oh.
18: (laughs)
1: Probably not a good joke. (laughs) Joe. No, none of your jokes have been good jokes. You're you're not funny.
18: Yes, yes. Well, it reminds me of your beard. (laughs)
1: Uh, I don't know, Merkin. That's a that's a good question. Remember, guys, we are watching a comedy show. This is Fox's answer to like Colbert and uh um customer
2: service. How how exactly does that work with your, your fifth assault?
1: Who's the dude that comes on after Jimmy Fallon? Seth Myers. God damn it. <laughs> Took me a second. It's, it's Maybe I'm too high for this. Maybe it was, was Joe Devito.
2: Where you see the character throw the match over his shoulder and everything explodes behind him. Mm. That's Bill Well, he you.
1: he's definitely not the good Devito because the
2: New
18: York City and some new. The
2: industry.
1: good Devito, the good actor Devito, is also very pro-union.
18: Yeah, I I, I, I risk the world when I light a match.
1: Had a had a hilarious segment on John Oliver last about night.
18: About and then gone to Tyrus.
0: He <laughs> said, "Hi, Tyrus." Hi, Greg. Love the hats. Funny joke, Greg. Yes. <laughs> you got the boots and the hat. Excuse me, while I whip this out. <sighs> <All
20: right. laughs> Always wanted.
1: Exact. The real danger are the cops. I can go through fucking all the corruption in the NYPD. In my
0: youth, when I was a knucklehead, it would have been nice to like, "Freeze! Get on the ground!" I'd probably
1: just be scratching the surface.
0: <laughs> and the cops. Oh. Sorry, sir. We'll be right back. You know, more time to get away. We've just lost our mind. Mm -hmm. Customer service. Protecting you from criminals is customer service. (laughs)
5: Yes.
0: (laughs) Kicking in the door and saving you is customer service. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone needs customer service, it's... We pay them. They are supposed to serve me. Our... Men and women in blue that need customer service from politicians.
1: Really? And
0: I would just like to say I don't,
1: I'm not familiar with this Joe Devito guy.
0: Gave all they could.
18: Thank you. That snakeskin? It was. Yes. It's my skin now. And one last point, because we didn't really talk about how the teachers' group are oh, calling right. parents. Uh, potential terrorists, we are now now entered the stage where we're organizing the potential threat. Have you noticed this? Now everybody, anybody can be a potential threat. I'm a potential threat for even pointing this out. It's now like ever since they did this whole like there's this invisible terror.
1: Matt Walsh went and rented a fucking apartment in a different district just so he could get up and grandstand in front of the school board. This is the links you idiots are willing to go to. Yes, Gutfield, you are a threat. Now anybody
18: can be fingered, can be fingered, and not in a good way. Oh God! Well, no. I one
0: to end on Greg. Thank yeah. you. Look,
18: look, as a as a parent, this is a double edged
0: sword. They cry. I
1: only support fingerings in a good way.
0: <gasps> How dare you question yes. what I'm going on? You're a terrorist if you call me out. Yeah. <laughs> You're a terrorist if you don't agree with me.
1: But we are specifically talking about people who have harassed and attacked medical professionals and school board members. We have multiple... Sor- Notice how Gutfeld never actually showed you any of those instances because it would crush the fucking right-wing narrative. Especially as they're talking about leftists are emasculating law and order as they show the, the fucking people that they are getting worked up over critical race theory and 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 fucking mask mandates <laughs> and getting them to go assault school board members principals medical professionals we have video of it happening over and over and over again while they're talking about how the left emasculates law and order jesus christ Let's go into Trump world for a little bit, talking about law and order, the right supporting the law and order president who, you know, broke the law all the fucking time. It's been quite a week for bozo behavior in Donald Trump's extended circle of bozos. Now, I just saw somebody commenting on Christy Nome having a bad week and I had no clue what they were talking about, so I went and found this piece. So let's read it and find out what Christy Nome did last week. This week has delivered a barrage of news about garbage behavior among Donald Trump's circle of associates, and it practically begs for a Friday afternoon recap on the Internet. You've seen headlines about South Dakota Governor Kristi Noem, perpetually disgraced Trump 2016 campaign manager Corey Lewandowski, affairs, groping, resignations, and most disturbingly real estate appraisals. You've got questions, we've got answers. I have more questions after reading that paragraph, because I hadn't heard of any of that shit. This week, Gnome, who has been discussed as a potential running mate for Trump in 2024 or as a potential candidate if he doesn't run, denied a report published on the website American Greatness that claimed she has been having an extramarital affair with Corey Lewandowski. Oh, shit! Oh, shit! She also denied an AP report that she'd intervened inappropriately. First of all, like, isn't Lewandowski awaiting sentencing on something? Or did he get part I, I don't even I don't even know what the what the follow up. Didn't he assault his wife or some shit? Didn't I play video of his wife claiming he had a bunch of guns and like the cops had to tackle him and shit? Or am I thinking of some other fucking Trump nut job? Nicholas on Trovo Ola. I think you may be the first comment we have ever gotten from a Trovo viewer. It is a pleasure to have you with us. I don't know what Trovo is. Uh, Nome also denied an AP report that she'd intervene inappropriately when her daughter's application for a real estate appraisal license was rejected. Lewandowski was additionally the subject of a Politico report that quotes at length from a statement provided by an attorney for a Trump donor named Trashel Odom. Trashel Odom. Lewandowski reportedly touched and verbally harassed Odom over an extended period of time during a Sunday, September 26th charity event in Las Vegas. Politico says Odom's account is backed up by other eyewitness accounts, and that Lewandowski appeared to be intoxicated during the events described. He was intoxicated when the cops came to his house to arrest him. And he was fucking his wife up. He has also, uh, he stepped down as Trump campaign manager after he assaulted a reporter. (sighs) Ugh. Trump has asked a Florida judge to force Twitter to restart his account. I guess he spent the last nine months, like I have, fucking messaging Twitter and being like, can I please have my account back? Because I do it, like, fucking at least once a week. Like, I'll be really good if you let me have my Twitter back. I would really enjoy that. But also, I've been banned longer on Twitter than Trump. Former U.S. President Donald Trump asked a federal judge in Florida on Friday to ask Twitter to restore his account, which the company removed in January, citing a risk of incitement of violence. Ooh! Could I run for public office just to get my Twitter back? If I'm a public official, will they give me my Twitter back? Because I just might fucking do it. Trump filed a request for a preliminary injunction against Twitter in the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida, arguing the social media company was coerced by members of the U.S. Congress to suspend his account. Twitter and several other social media platforms banned Trump from their services after a mob of his supporters attacked the U.S. Capitol in a deadly riot on January 6th. It was an attempted coup by the dumbest fucks walking the planet. They tried to install Trump as a dictator, That assault followed a speech by Trump in which he reiterated false claims that his election loss in November was because of widespread... I'm not even going to read this fucking paragraph since YouTube has a habit of taking me down for bullshit. Being a bullshit in social media. Whistleblower says that Facebook is misleading the public on progress against hate speech, violence, and misinformation. This was a uh, piece last night on 60 Minutes.
20: So let's
1: check it out here with
20: Scott Pelley. Her name is Frances Haugen. That is a fact that Facebook has been anxious to know since last month when an anonymous former employee... I bet they have. ...complaints with federal law enforcement. The complaints say Facebook's own research shows that it amplifies hate, misinformation, and political unrest, but the company hides what it knows. One complaint alleges that Facebook... Surprise, surprise. What makes Haugen's complaints unprecedented is the trove of private Facebook research she took when she quit in May. The documents appeared first last month in the Wall Street Journal, but tonight... Frances Haugen is revealing her identity to explain why she became the Facebook whistleblower. The story will continue in a moment. You better continue now, God damn
1: it!
4: Facebook over and over again. Was, okay. There were conflicts of interest between what was good for the public and what was good for Facebook. And Facebook over and over again chose to optimize for its own interests, like making more money.
20: Frances Haugen is 37,
1: Well yeah. scientist from Iowa,
20: with a degree in computer engineering and a Harvard master's degree in business. For 15 years, she's worked for companies including Google and Pinterest.
4: I've seen a bunch of social networks, and it was substantially worse at Facebook than anything I'd seen before.
20: You know, someone else might have just quit and moved on. And I wonder why you take this stand.
4: Imagine you know what's going on inside of Facebook, and you know no one on the outside knows. I knew what my future looked like if I continued to stay inside of Facebook, which is person after person after person has tackled this inside of Facebook and ground themselves to the ground.
20: When and how did it occur to you to take all of these stuff?
4: I would believe you in
1: just At the fact that you probably you don't engage with them on, enough. Like, you're not in the comment section fighting with people the way step step I am, and I have to get out calling of them morons and dumb no fucks. This is real. She
20: secretly copied.
1: I, w- I would absolutely, I absolutely believe it is possible to exist on social media and not get any strikes or any content removed. You just have to not engage with dumb fucks and call them morons and dumb fucks. I can't help myself. You know what? Do You want to know why I got banned on Facebook? Right wingers are absolute morons. <laughs> I appealed it. I didn't think, because that's the whole reason that's where "right wingers are morons" comes from, is because I started saying that as a way to insult people on Facebook and get around community standards. Now I don't believe that. I don't believe you're threatening people and calling them dumb fucks and shit. <laughs> because it would be impossible you see how easy it is for me to get which also once again I'm using Facebook to promote myself they know that they want me to buy advertising I don't and I'm using it to harass users that do buy advertising but also also <laughs> I have not met you Adam maybe maybe sometime soon Now, now I forgot what I was going to say I lost, I lost I lost my train of thought I I had something good too it might it might have started me off on a whole rant I would have been going on for like 10 minutes good content just completely lost it
20: Facebook internal research she says evidence shows I am
1: not high enough
20: the public about making significant progress against hate, violence, and misinformation. One study she found from this year says, we estimate that we may action as little as 3 to 5% of hate and about 6 tenths of 1% of violence and incitement on Facebook, despite being the best in the world at it. What? To quote from another one of the documents you brought out, We have evidence from a variety of sources that hate speech, divisive political speech, and misinformation on Facebook and the family of apps are affecting societies around the world. Absolutely, and
1: negatively affecting
20: them.
4: information environment that is full of angry, hateful, polarizing content, it erodes our civic trust, it erodes our faith in each other, it erodes our ability to want to care for each other. The version of Facebook that exists today is tearing our societies apart and causing ethnic violence around the world.
20: Ethnic violence, including Myanmar in 2018, yep. when the military used Facebook to launch a genocide.
4: Uh, the first quarter of 2019.
20: Frances Haugen told us she was recruited by Facebook in 2019. She says she agreed to take the job only if she could work against misinformation because she had lost a friend to online conspiracy theories.
4: I never wanted anyone to feel the pain that I had felt. And I had seen how high the stakes were in terms of making sure there was high-quality information on Facebook.
20: At headquarters, she was assigned to Civic Integrity, which worked on risks to elections, including misinformation. But after this past... (laughs) During an election year. ...was a turning point.
4: They told us, we're dissolving civic integrity... Like, they basically said, oh, good, we, we made it through the election. There wasn't riots. We can get rid of civic integrity now. Fast forward a couple of months, we got the insurrection. And when they got rid of civic integrity, it was the moment where I was like, I don't trust that they're willing to actually invest what needs to be invested to keep Facebook from being dangerous.
20: Facebook says the work of civic integrity was distributed to other units, in twenty eighteen like, told us the root of Facebook's problem studied- is in a change that it made in twenty eighteen to its algorithms, the programming that decides what you see on your Facebook news. Oh
1: no, fucking Facebook started being shit around twenty fifteen. You
4: might see only a hundred pieces of content if you sit and scroll up for, you know, five minutes. But Facebook has thousands of options it could show you.
20: The algorithm picks from those options based on the kind of content you've engaged with the most in the past.
4: And one of the consequences of how Facebook is picking out that content today is that it is optimizing for content that gets engagement or reaction. But its own research is showing that content that is hateful, that is divisive, that is polarizing, it's easier to inspire people to anger.
20: Fear and hate. Powerful motivators. Angry content is enticing to people and keeps them on the platform.
4: Yes. Facebook has realized that if they change the algorithm to be safer, people will spend less time on the site. They'll click on less ads. They'll make less money.
20: Haugen says Facebook understood the danger to the 2020 election. So it turned on safety systems to reduce misinformation but many of those changes, she says, were temporary.
4: And as soon as the election was over, they turned them back off, or they changed the settings back to what they were before to prioritize growth over safety. And that really feels like a betrayal of democracy to me.
20: Facebook says some of the safety systems remained, but after the election, Facebook was used by some to organize the January 6th insurrection. Prosecutors cite Facebook posts as evidence Photos of armed partisans, and text including, By bullet or ballot, restoration of the republic is coming. Extremists used many platforms, but Facebook is a recurring theme.
1: Patriots! These motherfuckers! Facebook
20: Patriots! raged on an internal message board copied by Haugen. Haven't we had enough time to figure out how to manage discourse without enabling violence? we looked for positive comments and found this i don't think our leadership team ignores data ignores dissent ignores truth but that drew this reply welcome to facebook i see you just joined in november 2020 we have been watching wishy-washy actions of company leadership for years now colleagues cannot conscience working for a company that does not do more to mitigate the negative effects of its platform. Facebook essentially amplifies the worst of human nature.
4: <laughs> yes! One of these unfortunate consequences, right? No one at Facebook is malevolent, but the incentives are misaligned, right? Like, Facebook makes more money when you consume more content. People enjoy engaging... You're,
1: you're describing capitalism.
4: Listen to an ...emotional reaction... And the more anger that they get exposed to, the more they interact and more they consume.
20: That dynamic led to a complaint to Facebook by major political parties across Europe. This 2019 internal report obtained by Haugen says that the parties feel strongly that the change to the algorithm has forced them to skew negative in their communications on Facebook, leading them into more extreme policy. Oh, wow. The European political parties were essentially saying to Facebook, the way you've written your algorithm is changing the way we lead our countries.
4: Yes. You are forcing us to take positions that we don't like, that we know are bad for society. We know if we don't take those positions, we won't win in the marketplace of social media.
20: Evidence of harm, she says... Extends to. I,
1: I've had this. Uh, okay, so the nationalize it thing. I've had this argument with with producer Dave, because like that was my position on it. Like, just fucking nationalize it. Like, we all own it or some shit. And then producer Dave was like, "Well, I don't want the government dictating what the algorithm does." And I'm like, "Oh, shit. I can understand that as well." So I don't know what the answer is. We need some sort of open source platform where it's like you know Wikipedia used to be, where there's a whole bunch of people working on it and making it good. I guess I don't know. I don't know. I I don't know what the answer is for this because like I mean we need a social media. Sam Cedar is always talking about breaking it up. And I'm like... If, if if something has, what, 4 billion users or whatever the fuck Facebook has, you can't, like, break that up. And also, you wouldn't want to. Because the fact that everybody is on it is kind of the point, right? I... I I don't know this is a complicated question I mean that was cause Adam that was totally my first thought was like nationalize that fucking shit I don't I don't I don't have any problem with us nationalizing industries like energy where it should be working for the benefit of all humanity the energy industry needs to be nationalized and so that they can't destroy the planet on behalf of the province of a few people but when the product is when the product is is these complex algorithms access to you know groups advertising tools and shit that makes things more complicated I don't I don't fucking know Maybe there needs to be some kind of regulation to where fucking Facebook... There there needs to be a Facebook neutrality. A law that prevents Facebook from prioritizing content. And that all content needs to flow organically. I do better. My content does way better on platforms where shit flows organically. So I'm all for that.
20: One of the Facebook internal studies that you found talks about how Instagram harms teenage girls. Oh, yeah. One study says 13.5% of teen girls say Instagram makes thoughts of suicide worse. 17% of teen girls say Instagram makes eating disorders worse.
4: And what's super tragic is Facebook's own research says as these young women begin to consume this eating disorder content. They get more and more depressed, and it actually makes them use the app more. And so they end up in this feedback cycle where they hate their bodies more and more. Facebook's own research says it is not just that Instagram is dangerous for teenagers, that it harms teenagers. It's that it is distinctly worse than other forms of social media.
20: Facebook said last week it would postpone plans to create an Instagram for younger children. And they were doing that knowing that. ...at least eight complaints with the Securities and Exchange Commission, which enforces the law in financial markets. The complaints compare the internal research with the company's public face, often that of CEO Mark Zuckerberg, here testifying remotely to Congress last March.
16: remove content that could lead to imminent real-world harm
20: have you guys ever seen the meme where it's like the
1: madame tussauds wax sculpture of mark zuckerberg and it's comparing it to a real picture of zuckerberg and the fucking wax sculpture looks more real looks more human than this fucking piece of shit
16: unprecedented third-party fact-checking program the system isn't perfect but it's the best approach that we've found to address misinformation in line with our country's values.
1: So He's lying. Oh, oh, maybe he's not lying. In line with our country's values of capitalism. He's not lying. He is correct. We found the the algorithms to do it the best in line with our country's values of making as much money as possible and not caring who we harm in the process. He is correct. He didn't lie to Congress. I'm sorry. John Ty.
20: He's the founder of a Washington legal group called Whistleblower Aid. What is the legal theory behind going to the SEC? What laws are you alleging have been broken?
12: As a publicly traded company, Facebook is required to not lie to its investors or even withhold material information. Ooh! So the SEC regularly brings enforcement actions alleging that companies like Facebook and others are making material misstatements and omissions that affect investors adversely.
20: One of the things that Facebook might allege is that she stole company documents. The Dodd-Frank
12: Act passed over 10 years ago at this point,
20: created uh,
12: an office of the whistleblower inside the SEC. And one of the provisions of that law says that no company can prohibit its employees from, from communicating with the SEC and sharing internal corporate documents with the SEC.
4: I have a lot of empathy for Mark, and Mark has never set out to make a hateful platform. But he has allowed choices to be made where the side effects of those choices are that hateful, polarizing content gets more distribution, more reach.
20: Facebook declined an interview, but in a written statement to 60 Minutes, it said...
1: Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit
20: protecting the right of billions of people to express themselves openly with the need to keep our platform a safe and positive place we continue to make significant improvements to tackle the spread of misinformation and harmful content to suggest we encourage bad content and do nothing is just not true no no
1: no no no. once again
20: that statement is correct
1: That you encourage bad content and do nothing is not true. That is correct. You encourage bad content and actively monetize it and amplify it. So you are correct, Facebook. You are not doing nothing.
20: Zach's solution to these complex challenges, the tech industry, governments, and society, would have solved them a long time ago. Facebook is a one trillion dollar company just 17 years old it has 2.8 billion users which is 60 percent of all internet connected people on earth wow Frances haugen plans to testify before congress this week she believes the federal government should impose regulations
1: which i mean that
20: i don't think that's the true fucking
1: number because like people like me have three fucking account- i'm sorry two accounts They nuked one of them. They keep threatening to nuke the other one.
4: Facebook has demonstrated they cannot act independently. Facebook over and over again has shown it chooses profit over safety. It is subsidizing, it is paying for its profits with our safety. I'm hoping that this will have had a big enough impact on the world that they get the fortitude and the motivation to actually go put those regulations into place. That's my hope. (laughs)
1: Yeah, that ain't happening. People suffering from the long-term effects of COVID-19 are pleading government action. COVID-19 long haulers and advocates are stepping up for uh, their calls for state and federal officials to take action and dedicate funding to those who have endured the mysterious conditions that stem from the coronavirus. After months of sharing their stories of ongoing symptoms, long haulers are appealing to elected officials for assistance and begging them to provide help. At this point, though... I, I, it it kind of feels like our government has just turned off the COVID response shit and moved the fuck on. They're kind of screaming into the void, unfortunately. We need to have more legislation for survivors like ourselves and not just keep telling our stories because there's bazillions of stories now said Maya McNulty, a long hauler from New York, we're not like some Netflix series that you can just binge watch and then the problem goes away. We are living with this disease and there is no hope. Grassroots nonpartisan group COVID Survivors for Change launched a week of action on Friday with delegations from all 50 states dedicated to illustrating how the virus has changed the lives of long haulers and the families who've lost loved ones. Advocates said they plan to contact officials, including Mission Governor Gretchen Whitmer, Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf, Montana Governor Greg Giaforte, Kentucky Governor Andy Bashir, Alaska Governor Mike Dulaney, uh, in order to push for initiatives to support COVID 19 survivors. The weird lineup of governors, but um, Whitmer and Bashir were both, and Wolf were both out front. Alaska did a decent enough job on COVID. Two of them are Republicans, the rest are Democrats. Their requests range from direct funding for long haulers to a 9 11 style commission to investigate how the pandemic led to hundreds of thousands of deaths and potentially millions of long COVID 19 cases. Incompetence from the Trump administration. I mean, if you want a short answer. The delegations plan to photograph empty chairs to signify all of those who've died of COVID-19 and long haulers who experience persisting symptoms. The chairs are meant to serve as a powerful symbol highlighting the community and calling on elected officials to listen to what they need and respond accordingly. This is according to Chris Kocher, the executive director of COVID Survivors for Change. Mentioned that Alaska had done a decent enough job in terms of last year. Alaska is now allowing hospitals to ration care amid a COVID 19 spike. Alaska on Saturday activated emergency crisis protocols that allow 20 medical facilities to ration care if needed, as the state recorded the nation's worst COVID 19 diagnosis rates in recent days, straining the state's limited health care system. The declaration covers three facilities that had already announced emergency protocols, including the state's largest hospital, Providence, Alaska Medical Center in Anchorage. But hey, 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 hey. This is all bullshit, guys. These stories don't actually exist. The masks have come off the far leftist cult. We're reading from The Blaze, which wants us to stop censorship as they're covering up the story that I came to read. This is an an op-ed by Steve Deese. I don't know who that is. The host of the Blaze Show on Blaze TV where he serves up principled conservatism's daily with a snarky twist. The alter ego of Darth Sidious famously... I'm fucked this all up. I am the Senate, said Palpatine. The alter ego of Darth Sidious famously said that at the point his long con was nearly complete. He had marched his way through the institutions of the Galactic Group o- This is Star Wars, isn't it? I'm making my way through the movies. I've watched the first two now. I've watched them the last two May 4th. But this is like one of the newer ones, isn't it? I have no fucking clue what this dude is talking about. <laughs> he had marched his way through the institutions of the Galactic Republic and manufactured the series of crises necessary to make his final play in the name of converting democracy into the tyranny of his Sith dreams, but as evil as he was, he was never completely open about his motivations or intentions to the people at large. The masses needed to be tricked. Yeah, the prequels. I'm I'm sorry. Yeah, it's, 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 this is in the newer movies. I've watched the I've watched the first two Star Wars and uh, what A New Hope, and then The Empire Strikes Back. I don't know if I'll ever watch the newer shit. First two were good. I wasn't expecting much out of them, though, to be honest with you. I really and it just my entire life, people have been like, you've never seen Star Wars to so the last two years on May 4th. I've watched fucking Star Wars. Um, Observations from a, you know broadcaster that watched Star Wars for the first time in the last couple of years um Luke Skywalker is portrayed as, you know, a fucking hero in in popular media but like he's a clumsy bumblefuck and Princess Leia was actually the fucking badass hero I I liked that um Obi-Wan Kenobi was fucking cool as well I didn't like Luke. I thought Luke was a fucking shitty character. Not liked him at all. Fuck, fuck Luke Skywalker. Um, I didn't expect Darth Vader to be as verbose as he is. But it's cool because he is also an incredibly cool character. You know, just fucking coming at it from, you know, Everybody talking about Star Wars and shit like i had I had misconceptions about the movies before I watched them, so it was kinda kind of interesting for me to run those things down well I guess like fucking when I was a fucking kid, you know The Simpsons was like, Luke, I am your father, and like'cause like Homer reveals it as he's walking out of the theater or some shit but like I'm just like the big twist in Star Wars, I was never gonna, you know, I was never gonna get that fucking moment like everybody else did, so, like, I wasn't as excited to watch the movies, but the first two were good, we're going off the rails again here, you know what, you know what I should do, hold on, hold on here a second, it is. It is uh, almost uh, eight o'clock on the East Coast, which is what time I normally come on.